Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Whitney, is there any special recognition for like the 45th of something? I know people celebrate the 25th and the 50th, but does 45 mean anything? Nope. No, it just means you're halfway to being an old man. So, you know, at 50, we'll revisit this and, uh, and discuss <laughs> uh, what we're going to do. Okay. All right. So it doesn't work on every like fifth something. All right. Well, that's nope, good. So we're, nope, nope. Not, okay, un- so, not unless the government sends you a bill, man. So you this know, is just a regular old episode. It's no special celebration. No, dude, it's always special, man. It's, <laughs> it's always, always a celebration. Yeah. The, it's, the, the simple fact that I was able to show up and uh, and us get an episode, yeah, that's what makes it special. So episode 45. Yes, man. What have you been up? Well, you know what, Whitney, here, let's start with what I've been up to. How's that sound? Don't, don't go out of order just right oh, off man, the bat, dude. I'm, I'm throw you you're going to get me confused. This is, this is exciting and new, Whitney. Yeah. Every, it's every one of these shows is an adventure. It's because they're never... <laughs> The format may, may be somewhat similar, but it's it's unbelievable how much you and I cannot repeat any success whatsoever. No, no absolutely not. So it's not. like we relearned every lesson all over again. You so, know, so, here's a little behind the curtains for the listeners. Yeah. We actually we do have these reoc- some reoccurring segments like what we've been up to and all that. Oh yeah, we do try to even change up within those a little bit just so that's a little different. Yeah. And this month, my name is kind of starting the show off, and I just decided just to throw it to Whitney. <laughs> didn't work out <laughs> yeah that, that didn't work so okay. i was like no dude you're you're going too far down the outline don't do that uh, don't do that i'll get lost what, when i page what through good it good are rules unless you break them. i guess i guess that's the case man i guess that's the case so what have you broken this month man I haven't broken anything, but I have, I have experienced some pretty cool to, stuff. We're going to have to change the name of the podcast, you know. Uh, fix it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, yeah, so what's been going on, man? Well, the big thing, well, I say the big thing, quite a few of the, the things I've been involved in this month have been rather large. Now, the unfortunate side effect is, <laughs> and, and I'm going to... Hang on, I want to write that down. Okay. Yeah, just keep going. I want to okay. write that down. The unfortunate side effect is... is as I've got actually mentioned here lower down in the in my notes is I haven't had much movement in the game room and as we often say we sat down and we were thinking about what we did this month and it seemed as if as if we hadn't done anything yeah but when we started putting things down yeah, we, we've got a lot of stuff going on. It's just like, oh, yeah, this yeah. Is, I did all this. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, I made the same point in mine. It's just unfortunate that none of it really, none of it really translated to any movement in the game room, which, mm-hmm. which kind of bums me out. But I'll tell you what, I did play a lot of pinball this month. So, you know, it goes, it goes from sad face to happy face, you know, in that regard, if nothing else. Really, when you even think about this, Whitney, since we last recorded, the time isn't like a full 30 days. No, I'd say it's only really been about like, three weeks yeah yeah so we've had we've had a lot going on so first of all and this was most of the stuff i've got here uh is outlined on our facebook page so as usual i would encourage everyone to go to you know facebook.com slash broken token and check things out and kind of see what we're up to when we're not recording but the first thing i definitely had up on the facebook page which was a ghostbusters pro unboxing at rec bar here in louisville so i saw the pictures you were carrying the torch that uh weekend because i was uh i was out of town during that so yeah it's been like three weeks and you've been out of town for four of those three weeks that that i have man i do i'll tell you what in three weeks i've been in four states for an extended amount of time each one but uh, anyway more on that later but 
It, it, yeah, I saw the pictures. It was pretty crazy. I mean, it looked like you had a fantastic turnout for that. I mean, the Louisville Ghostbusters were there. The, these dudes I, in Proton Pack I, showed up. I didn't know there was such a thing. And not no, only is neither, there neither did I. Not only is there such a thing. Yeah, it's a big thing. See, and that's you know, I guess God bless the internet because if uh, without that, how would how would like minded people coalesce without you know without that? So I, that's I have crazy. No idea. Yeah. The uh, the, it kind of surprised me when you know, and, and I knew. Let me even back up here. I, I knew that there was kind of like Ghostbusters f- fan clubs, if you will, across the country. And and I'm going to look up a forum site real fast because <laughs> I, I feel the need to go buy a uniform. I, you know what I'm going to have to oh. do? I'm going to have to get rid of my my t- my Star Trek TNG and and TOS uniforms. And on Saturday, I'll have to bust out a proton. So wait, pack. wait, 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 wait. Yeah, you, you've you've got. And there's no problem with this. You've yeah. got Star Trek uniforms, but you've never seen the black hole. True. I, I'm I'm having hard times coming to grips with this. But let's just, I, I let's know. just for the sake of the show. Yeah, I, I'm an enigma, dude. The, I, I, know, I know I'm an enigma. For the so. sake of the show, we'll, yeah. we'll noodle through that later. Oh, oh fair enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe probably off mic. Okay. Y- yeah. Fair, yeah. Because I, I can tell you've got questions. <laughs> I just don't know that I have answers. Okay. okay. Have, you right. ever, have you ever seen The Fifth Element? Oh, that's a great movie. Oh, I love that you, movie. You paused, and yeah. I, I, I swear, Whitney, I thought you were going to say, what is that? And that I was going to come right off this table, and I was going to choke you. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I was going to look it up real fast. No, no, no. I've seen that. That's great. The whole flying taxi, the whole flying taxi special effect in that movie, how they do the cars, is is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that, it it almost think, looks like it was... A recent movie. I, I will say this: the Fifth Element, the special effects, the visual effects yes. on that movie, they hold up well even today. Yes, they do. They, so that movie has unbelievable production quality. Longtime favorite. Yes. Okay. All yeah. right. Uh, so, all right, I gotta, so Brent, I got to reel it back in now. Okay. Carry on. Okay. Yes. So yeah, the Louisville Ghostbusters, and and I I kind of had this feeling that there was like fan groups across the country, and in my mind. I thought it like a small, and it is a smaller version of the Five O First, which is the clubs across the. Yep, the, that, that's I, it. Yeah, I guess I think they're actually the Five O First is across the world, where it's local groups of Star Wars enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. So the Louisville Ghostbusters, and I guess these Ghostbusters franchises, for lack of a better term, across the country are similar to that, and it's folks that get together and they're Ghostbusters fans. And they do the proton packs and the uniforms. And when I, when I saw these guys, not only did, did I realize it was a thing, it's a large thing because they had a good sized group of folks. I mean, there's how like, many, how many people were there? Do you think well, there's, for that? there's like 12 Ghostbusters, you know, walking through fully outfitted proton packs. And when I looked at these things uh-huh. years ago, I thought, man, that would be something cool to build. Yeah. You know, like an R2D2, like, like yeah, an articulated exactly. R2D2. But yes. The, over time, there's been several kind of movie prop type things I've thought of building, but yeah. honestly, my time and energy have gone into other things like car, you know, the car hobby or now the Go, game hobby. Going to the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The Looking at these things, these are, these guys are building <laughs> like beyond movie prop quality. And I say beyond because those, most of the props, when you see them in real life, yeah. they're not that detailed yeah. because really they're only on camera for fleeting moments. And they're probably touched up, you know, they're probably touched up with special effects or VFX or whatever, right. you know, when, when they need to be. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like the general leaf from the Deuce of Hazard for, yeah. you know, hope 
people maybe across the world. I didn't bring that, my horn, oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I should have brought my horn. I, I'm just oh, thinking, well. most, some of our listeners may not know what that is. Oh, they... <laughs> Google Google the Dukes of Hazard. Oh, yeah. They made those those General Lees. They, it. Yeah. They made them out of like four different model years of Dodge Chargers, and they would take you know, wire and stick the grill in it yeah. so they kind of look the same when yep, they zip yep. by at 60 mile an hour on the film. Yeah. But these guys and girls, they put a lot of effort into their jumpsuit, just the whole thing. So <laughs> we had this large contingent of Ghostbusters complete okay. with sound effect lit. Some of the proton packs had like actually blow like st- smoke out of the back, like from cool, like it was cooling itself. I mean, yeah. it was, there was some cool stuff going on. They came in, the back kind of game room area of Rec Bar was really opened up, and the Ghostbusters pen was set back there. They were running Ghostbusters cartoons on the monitors uh, in, in the back of the place. And what ended up happening was is they had a drawing, kind of, you know, made a, we made a big kind of production of it. And I say we, because okay. I was there to kind of help. Yeah. And what we ended up doing was is all the people, and it was free to enter, you just showed up and you just, you know, entered dropped it into a hat and you let the kids pull the names and you know those eight people are honestly i can't remember might have been a dozen at this point those folks got the first games on the machine okay it was just we just we just had a good time you know it was a it was a fun friday night had a huge turnout the kids loved it the parents loved it everybody there had a had a great time the ghostbusters had a real good time great pictures up on the facebook site uh or, or excuse me out on our facebook albums of Ghostbusters playing, of you know, folks just playing, of just the just the general crowd and the general atmosphere. Yeah, so, yeah, I got to play it, and eventually, I set the number one score—not the grand champion, but I set the number one score on it, about two hundred thirty-five mil, and it lasted for you know, at this point, a good probably two weeks. Oh, did it? Yeah. Okay. And then uh, I was in one day and noticed it was it. I was knocked down to second, and I was just chit chatting with a guy, and he was the guy that knocked me down. That lasted maybe about three or four days, and Jeremy Flights, you know, one of the Flights brothers, Louisville Arcade Expo fame, uh huh. He came in and put about nine hundred million on it. Oh, so. he, he's he's rolling pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. rolling pretty good. So nonetheless, I have got quite a bit of time on the game, and this is the pro model. Mm-hmm. I, I love the game. Mm-hmm. It's a sweet game. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The the shots are tight on it, man. The yes, sh- the oh, shots yes. are tight. Yeah, yeah. You lots uh, of fun though. It's lots of fun. The callouts are great. We, yeah. It's got like the everybody talks about stern code, code this, code that. What's yeah. when's the code? It's got like one hundred five on it. Okay, and I think one twelve recently dropped. Um, I'm I'm sure that there'll probably be something here again in the next probably two weeks or three weeks. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I need to get with the guys and and go through and show them. I've never upgraded code in a modern Stern. I'm sure it's, it, it's not it's not hard at all. You just need a USB flash drive, and I'm sure it's the same way on the Spike system. I I, I don't know. I don't have a Spike game. Yeah. I mean, on the Sam games, you just use a USB thumb drive. You flip a dip switch, and you know, power it up with the USB thumb drive in, and you know, and it, it loads the code. So it, it's it's all completely. All the provisions are there to make it happen very easily. Well, something tells me having an IT background. I think think you'll be okay. Well, I'll probably make it more difficult than it is because I'm sure it's designed so that anybody can do it. And Mm -hmm. and don't take that the wrong way. I mean, 
if no, if, you'll overthink it. Yeah, I'll what, overthink you, it. You'll because, overthink it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the deal. Because yeah. I, I think in my mind, I should know how this kind of stuff works, yeah. and it's probably set up to be so bulletproof. It's so that you know a dentist, yeah, you know who has several games in his game room can do it on his nothing, own. Yeah, yeah. I'd trust him to work on my face, but he doesn't need to be touching an iPad. <laughs> and a lot of dentists I know will tell you that. Yeah, that a dentist can. Yeah. can flash the game yeah so. i mean at least on the sam on the sam systems it's i mean it's literally you know four or five step process and two of those steps are power up and power down you know it's it's just it's that have you so. gotten to play it yet uh yes i have you mean the pro the pro yeah, model the pro yes I oh have. that's right you have okay yes, yeah we'll talk yeah, about I'll that i'll talk about that in just a little bit so yeah well like i said i've had quite a bit of time on it mm-hmm. and I just I can't say enough about it. I don't yeah. want to get all too fanboy about it. Yeah, I just really that, that, there's enjoy time it. for there's time for that later. Yeah, okay, yes. that's fine. <laughs> okay, so uh, another event that I attended this mo- this month was uh, Fandom Fest here in Louisville, and this was. Now the, I'm curious to hear how this went. Well, it's interesting. This was yeah. right at the end of July. It was like the 29th through the 31st, so it was a Friday through uh, a Sunday. You know, I walked into it and I wasn't sure what to expect because. I'm used to the show. Here's the, and I'm making air quotes that no one can see. Yeah. The shows that I'm used to are car shows. Okay. Typically. And game shows. Yeah. All right. So we've talked to no end about different game shows, uh, uh, Southern Fried Game Room Expo, you know, Pinball Expo, Mm -hmm. Little Arcade Expo. I I wasn't sure what to expect here because fandom, that show has been around since the 90s here in Louisville. I want to say it, I, it has. It has. It started in a small ballroom. Ooh, I feel bad now. <laughs> okay. Why? <laughs> I just uh, I just had never heard well, of it's it. It's outside of our. It's it's outside of our circle. It's you know? it is out of our wheelhouse. There's yeah. no doubt. I had a program for an early fandom fest, and I think it was from 1996. Okay. And it was at a. It was basically in a smallish, medium sized ballroom in one of the hotels here in town over by the, the airport and the fairgrounds the gentleman that I work with, he's been involved with it since like the very beginning, kind of like as a organizer slash worker type of a type of a deal. Mm-hmm. I actually sent him the program just as a, Hey, you know, I know you've been involved with the show. This probably means more to you than it does to me. And it was, we just, we just talked about it a little bit. And like I said, it was back, that was I'm pretty sure it was 96 or 98 and the only reason Jeez. the only reason I knew of it back then is because I was collecting toys. Okay. So I was collecting older toys and then right around 95 or 6, I'm judging this based on the car I remember driving. That's when you were getting the re-release of the Star Wars action figures. Now, I don't know if you remember those. They were the first runs were on the orange card, and they all look like He-Man, but okay. with like Luke Skywalker's head on it. I see. And no, no, I do not remember any okay. of these. Yeah, no. Pr- Princess Leia. She I don't ha- think I ever had any of them. Yeah. Princess Leia looked like Dolph Lundgren. Oh, I mean, really? it was, she was rough. <laughs> I mean, but she had big muscles. It's like, that's not Princess Leia. <laughs> yes, I'm Princess Leia. <laughs> I will beat you. I will pick up this astromech and beat you. <laughs> I, so I was collecting those toys. And uh, I, there was, I, I was actually, this was before like even forums. I, I met a couple guys through just like email groups, one in Canada and one in England, and we were trading figures. So I was getting Canadian, you know, multi-language Canadian figures. I was getting multi-language European figures, yada, yada, yada. So I had gone to a couple of these kind of comic fan type shows because there was usually toy vendors 
and that's you know old and new and that stuff you know i could trade toys okay Okay. yeah i haven't been since the 90s that's where i'm going with all this so basically i walk into it and i didn't know what to expect but i kind of did it was primarily science fiction and fantasy merchandise so you're talking um, a lot of T-shirts, a mm-hmm. lot of collectibles, a lot of kind of modern toys. Uh, there was some Lego stuff. Anything and everything you could imagine that was Doctor Who, Marvel, DC, yeah. to a degree movie, and even some like modern video game related. And oddly enough, in the middle of it, someone's selling fudge. And they were making a killing. There was a line of people in cosplay outfits buying fudge. Fudge, fudge, fudge. I almost fell for it, but I decided, no, I don't need that much sugar. So exactly, yeah, and you don't know what's inside the fudge. No, dude. no, it does. Yeah, they, they look like nice ladies. Well, they always do. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, so, but no. So I, I waved off the fudge. You know, Spock would say <laughs> buying fudge at a comic con is not logical, Captain. So, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh. Here's here's like a sampling of the guests. Okay, so the main show floor was that. Mainly it was kind of a vendor type deal. It was literally everything I said, including the fudge. The fudge was true. Uh, T-shirt vendors. There was jewelry vendors. There was just about anything and everything you could imagine, but with it like a game or some kind of, of fan, yeah. you know, reference to it. Doctor Who, um, who's Harry Potter, just mm-hmm. yeah. anything and everything. I mean, was there was there any famous actors there or anything like that? Because now, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't didn't Carl Urban show at last year's Fan Fest? I think that he did. I th- and that's, what, Ur- that, that's what I remember. If it was let's put it, if memory serves me, he did. Whitney, yes. and you're for those that for those that don't know Carl Urban, he's the new Doctor McCoy. He's the, the new Bones, and, and I'm having a hard time saying this, but I and, and I've watched an older Star Trek movie here recently. Uh-huh. Which one? Uh, what's the one where the the Vulcan goes and he basically kind of starts an uprising, and the Enterprise comes in. It's under repair. Spock and Kirk and McCoy are camping. And that, that's the one where Kirk falls off is the that, mountain and yeah, Spock is that, has to go chase him down. Is that Undiscovered down. Country? I think it's Undiscovered Country, if I'm not if okay. I'm not mistaken. I think it is. That's the one with uh, Spock's... Is, is, is it Spock's half-brother? Yes. 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 Yeah, yep, yep. That's he's it. the one that kind of spurs the uprising. Yeah, he's, and, he's essentially... A, he's an insurgent or ter- yes, you know, kind of a terrorist or however you want to look yes, at it. Yeah. That's, okay, yeah. yep, that's the one. And it, it was on one of the you know movie channels and I caught it on the TiVo and I was like, okay, so I gave it a watch. I really think I like Carl Urban better as McCoy than I like McCoy. Then you like DeForest Kelly? Than, than DeForest Kelly, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, it's it's close. Yeah. I think I think Carl Urban does DeForest Kelly better than DeForest Kelly. Okay. <laughs> that I'll, makes sense. No, no, no. It, it it totally makes sense, man. I, I'll say this: Zachary Quinto puts a spin on Spock that is very satisfying and is very. Um, we're gonna have to talk it's, Star it's, Trek it's later. Very, it's very organic feeling. Yep. I don't know that he's a better Spock than Spock, but uh, he, but I'll tell you what, I'm, he's pretty good Spock. He's pretty good, but yeah, I'm, he's pretty I'm, good. I still like Nimoy. Oh, I think yeah, Nimoy's, yeah. You know what I've always said about Leonard Nimoy, and and no, you know, but I think you're gonna tell me. I am. I'm getting ready to tell you, <laughs> and everybody else listening. Uh, the the thing that always indi- now now Brent, I I do I love I have always loved Star Trek. I've always loved Mister Spock. Ne- Leonard Nimoy to me has always been what I'd consider to be. Now, now hear me out on this. 
I consider Spock to be the original superhero. You want to know why? Because I saw him every Sunday in my house. Mm-hmm. He was he, Star Trek was one of the shows that you know my mom would sit and watch with my brother and I. And Spock was always bigger than life. He was stronger. I see that. Yep. He was faster. He was he was quote unquote more logical, smarter. Maybe, however you want to look at it, he was he was the embodiment of of a superhero to me and so you know no i could see that, that makes always, sense. always had a soft spot yeah. in my heart so yeah anyway no, that makes sense yeah so guests guests yeah oh, sorry i yeah i didn't mean to derail that I, yes. I made a couple notes of some of the some folks that we would probably know just kind of gamers just general people that would probably know just looking at the guest list from this year it is long and extensive <laughs> okay, okay okay but you know they pulled stan lee uh, what? Yeah, they pulled Stan Lee. He and, was there? Stan was there. And apparently... How, how did he look? I didn't get to see him. Oh, now, man. my niece got to see him. Apparently, at some point in time, my niece did actually happen to attend. And when she was doing something, he was somewhere else in the venue. And she said, oh. I was close enough to Stan Lee where I could have high-fived him. Oh, man. I, you know, I, I like Stan Lee. I like him a lot. So, well, yes. for, for anybody in the area, look for the... I think it's the... I'll look for this in a minute when we when we swap positions here, Whitney. I yeah. don't want to. I don't want everyone to have to listen to me Google. Yeah. But there's a, a Cincinnati Comic Con coming. I'm pretty sure before the end of the year or right in the beginning of 2017. Okay. And apparently it's going to be Stan's last uh, Comic Con on this coast. You know, Stan. Oh, man. Stan's getting older. He's get, he's getting some miles on it. The, the yeah. travel, I'm sure, is difficult on him. Yeah. And I, yeah. I honestly, you know, thumbs up to him for keeping it up as long as he has. Yes, but he does. It looks like Cincinnati is going to be his last show here in the east and i don't know how much longer he's going to go you know out in the west coast okay i see i see so stanley anthony michael hall oh yeah yeah okay and Mm -hmm. he was in stuff like you know edward scissorhands and then he was in 16 candles wasn't Mm -hmm. he you know so yeah joey fatone yeah but dude he was also he was also in the dead zone as well who joey fatone or anthony michael no anthony michael okay i don't know that movie yeah no it's it's an adaptation of of a stephen king novel oh okay yeah oh no yeah anthony michael hall i guess when i said edward scissorhands and then like 16 candles and he was in um, uh, Strange Science or Weird Science? Which, uh, uh, weird Science. Weird science. I, I think it's Weird yeah, Science. Yeah, Weird Science. Weird science. Well. Yeah. In his heyday, he was in a lot of those mm-hmm. kind of pop culture or oh, yeah. movies that have like a huge fan base, thus fandom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, a lot of the cast from the various Ultraman and Godzilla uh, franchises that would have been cool to see which is you know i remember the ultraman i loved and, yep. ultraman absolutely loved ultraman right. and then you know there were some folks from walking dead there were some folks that were actually had roles in the various uh star wars episodes oh he's ma- whitney i'm looking up now whitney's you, you, making you the see, ultraman you see, you see that yes. i see i and you quit do you realize how quick i busted that yes, out he did. look right here it's solid <laughs> he's man. throwing the ultra he's throwing the ultraman <laughs> yeah uh, the, the uh, arm the arm bar the ultraman arm bar right you know, there this is just like me earlier with the air quotes this is an audio format <laughs> yeah yeah I, I get it i get it but i couldn't pass up the opportunity no, no, yeah it's now in public when we're at shows i'm yeah. gonna yell ultraman just so whitney has to do that across exactly. the show floor yeah, yeah i'll do it i'll do it kevin smith i don't yeah. know if you know kevin smith yep kevin smith you know was the force behind chasing amy uh mall rats, rats the yeah clerks movies <laughs> jay jay and silent bob kevin smith is silent bob He's silent bob yeah. that's exactly so, right and kevin smith's daughter kevin smith is such a big comic person his daughter is actually her name is harley quinn it's harley quinn smith that's dedication i did not yes, know that is. but that is dedication yes so and a lot of folks like uh there were some 
I mentioned there were some folks from some of the Star Wars episode four, five, and six movies. You know, one of the one of the guys who was like Boba Fett's stunt man, and he also was several other characters, like costume characters through different movies. And the guy that played Dak, who was in the back of the snow speeder when Luke got shot down at the very oh, beginning yeah, of the Empire, yep, yep. he was there. So they pull a lot of folks in. Uh, Louisville Ghostbusters were there. They had okay. a huge booth. And, did they recognize you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I was in street clothes, but they oh, were, I wasn't in my Ghostbusters garb. But okay. Yeah, they they right, recognized right. me. Okay, they were throwing you a solid yeah. then. Yeah. They had like, here, here's a word that I would think a lot of folks kind of, even in the game community have heard it, cosplay. That's one of the things that was kind of interesting is, is that a lot of the folks that attend, they do it in full costume. Oh, yeah. There was one gentleman that was, he, have you seen, I'm sure you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, several times. Okay. Yeah. So is it Rondu who is the leader of, um, I can't think of the word that they use to describe that band. Star-Lord was in, um, oh, kind of like the mercenaries. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. He, he had, he was, he was basically blue and he had kind of like that little short cropped mohawk deal and he had the arrow that he could, could that control. That he would whistle by yeah. whistling. Yeah. Uh-huh. There was a dude that had his outfit. And he nailed it. I mean, all the way down to the blue and the hair. And you can tell he'd handmade like the little leather holster that the arrow was in. I mean, it was unbelievable. And you'd see a lot of that walking around. It was, and we see a lot of cosplay that, that really has started to kind of come into a lot of the game shows that we go to. I know Louisville Arcade Expo, they have uh, cosplay events. I haven't seen as much at S, like SFGE. Was it Yondu? Yondu. Yondu. That's it. That's Yondu. it. Not Rondu, yeah. but Yondu. Yondu. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So that, I, I had to look it up. So, you know, of course, the Louisville Ghostbusters, they were dressed up. They had like a guest come in and she was dressed very nicely as the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Woman. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah. They had a stage going on where, the, and like, where, where's the game related? I, I'm getting to that. So they had readings of like old time radio dramas it was kind of cool yeah and then like i mentioned they had marvel and dc and doctor who and star wars and star trek and just stuff everywhere okay okay? one of the real cool things too there was a a company called and and we'll have links to to the folks i'm about ready to mention uh, in the show notes there was a company called amazing heroes and they had minifigs lego minifigs of anything and everything you can imagine in, in those universes, all the Doctor Who characters, all of uh, the Marvel superheroes, all the DC comic heroes. I mean, it was just amazing. I, I've got pictures of their booth up on the Facebook page, and it looks like just these legions and legions of minifigs lined up. And they were really inexpensive. They were, it's like five bucks a figure, and they were highly detailed. Yeah. And like, um, if it was Harley Quinn, they had a Harley Quinn where she had a hammer and a Harley Quinn with like a baseball bat. And if it was Ant-Man, he looked like Ant-Man. And if, if it was Doc Ock from Spider-Man, he had the, the mechanized looking tentacles coming from around his back. And yeah, that's cool. It was some really cool stuff. Uh, like I said, Amazing Heroes was their name. Now, I didn't say see any pinball stuff at all. There was a, a fair amount of representation for video gaming. So 
video gaming that they had actually on site was more of like a LAN party style type thing. Uh, I see. Okay. Yeah. It was modern console gaming. And honestly, I'm not 100% sure what they were doing, where they were doing like, a, they were just playing. If it, was a, if it was a tournament type deal, if it was one-on-one, if it was team on team, they did have that going on. Several of the vendors, however, did kind of touch on gaming, you know, in some in some of their products. So one of the companies I looked at was Narina's Creations, and she she had like pillows and just other kind of like but, but textiles. Theme, but, but themed retro. Exactly. Yeah. Themed retro. Like I've got a picture up on our Facebook page. And, you know, of course, like I said, I've got links to all these folks. She had a pillow. and It was all like Mario art. Yeah. You know, so. Okay. You know, there, there was, there's some, to go buy me one of those. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I'm going to have a hard time with this. So I apologize. Minaco, Monaco, 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 Monaco's bead art. Yeah. That's, that sounds right. How about that? Yeah. Monaco's M-I-N-A-K-O. Again, we got Etsy links and Facebook links. She or he or whoever did bead art. And I, I see so much of this bead art starting to come in, in the vendor areas to the shows that we attend. They had some really cool, really well thought out bead art. And they were doing like, you know, Pac-Man and Mario themed coaster sets. They had this real kind of cool, like desktop storage box and it looked like an NES style controller. I would definitely be down for something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was really neat. And there's, yeah. there's pictures on the Facebook page. You got to go check them out. Yeah, I, I will. I, I saw you post them. I, I looked through a few of them, but quite honestly, there was, there was a, a fair amount of pictures in there and I didn't have time to like page through them all, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go back and revisit it. In general, there was a lot like buttons and magnets and stuffed toys. And uh, I don't have them here, Whitney. I have to go grab and show you. But I've even fought. Do you know what a Funko Pop is? I do. Yes, I and remember those. They're kind of like little bobblehead type things. Mm-hmm. And they there is more of those than I could have ever imagined. But there are Funko Pops for Pac-Man. So I didn't get the full set, but I fell into the trap of starting to buy Funko Pops. That's and okay. That's cool. The, you know, it was quite a few. I've got like Pac, Miss Pac. And several of the ghosts at this point. So oh, now I'm on a that's, quest. That's neat. Yeah, yeah I, that's I neat. To, I have to grab them and show them to you. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I definitely want to see those. All right. So now Whitney, jump up. Actually, I hid this from him. See that right there on the Gorf? I've got it <laughs> behind the door on the Gorf control panel. Um, right there uh, to your left. Keep talking. Just keep, just, just keep keep talking while I move. How okay. About that? So reach over there. The I've got a door off my shop so I can get a pinball in there and just reach right. Oh, yep. Yeah, just look right there on the Gorf control panel behind the door. So what, what I've got sitting over there is soap, S-O-A-P, soap. There was one of the vendors. And yeah, that's the, interesting. The vendor was called the Fangirls Attic. I mean, you've got Pac-Man and ghost-shaped soap yes i do yeah it no, was that's, so, uh, I, that's that's all right i bought them out of soap they had whoa whoa whoa, whoa. they had you dis- bought them they out had, they had a display there was all kinds of soaps like they had like why leg- didn't you just go get some fudge <laughs> <laughs> i should have done that they, they had this big display and it was it was soap in the shape of various things that just fit the theme of the show and the booth was the fangirls attic and we've got i got a link to to her facebook page but she makes all these soaps include like there was lego soap and there was you know just this big display and i picked up the pac-man soap and i said how much more of this do you have and she said i think i've got and she just pulled out like four or five of them and i said i'll take them all (laughs) (laughs) now now you know something i will say this feeling this 
this is some high quality soap. This is nice soap. And now, have you ever seen the Water Boy where Adam Sandler goes, "This is some high quality no, H2O." Oh, you haven't seen? Oh, how about that? I've seen the Water Boy, but not yeah. not recently enough where I remember that. Yeah, that's some high quality H2O. So yeah, that's some high quality soap. That's so, yeah, it's yeah, that's nice. So actually, what we'll do with that? I've got I I bought it. It was a th- that package of four pieces of soap was a buck. <laughs> okay. Seriously, fair enough. So I've, I think you did okay. I, we can use those in the show. We've got a few things here that we actually got from Taylor Reese over at this flipping podcast. That uh, we got a T-shirt from him, and we've got a bag from Marco that we picked up at SFGE, and we'll toss that in. And here later in the show, we'll uh, we'll make an announcement about a, a contest. Yes, and yes. we'll give away the shirt the bag and a set of pac-man soap to yeah. one lucky winner so you know, make sure you make sure you stay tuned i don't think taylor would argue with me saying this the soap's the highlight of the package man <laughs> you know so anyway, nice shirt taylor soap's the highlight of the package <laughs> it was a it was a cool show I, I was happy that i went and uh i don't know if you're in the area make sure you check out fandom fest and that's cool th- there are like events all ac- across the country i mean the best thing i w- the closest thing i would liken it to would be what everyone just basically calls comic-con that happened yearly out yeah. in california yeah Th- this is our and i even hesitate to say local because it's gotten so big yeah this is our local to the area version of comic-con you know something i will go assuming my work travel and the schedule coincides with each other next summer i will go because my daughter and my wife would both love to go see this because um i mean you know we're, we're big sci-fi and you know i guess kind of uh you know nerd media to, you know big fans and would be all about that now one thing i did it's worth mentioning speaking of like nerd media and fans and meeting yeah. the fan being a fan and meeting the people that they have mm-hmm. at least this year so i'm gonna have to assume that they figured that this works and this is how they'll do it in, in years to come on one end of the venue they had all the folks that were signing so it wasn't like you would have to go and travel the entire place and say okay where's stan lee where's this person they had all the tables they had huge banners they had like an egress uh, what's in versus out egress ingress ingress is in egress is out duh ingress yeah they had ingress and egress Uh lanes marked if you will it just it worked yeah and it was the and it 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 so it flowed well and the people kept moving yes it it was nicely organized i got there a little later in the morning so i'd gotten past the initial rush and when I walked in, they they had you could tell they had a really long table where they had a lot of volunteers. They had several kind of roped areas like switchbacks to lot for the folks to line up. I was just amazed at how well the organization looked. Yeah. So okay. yeah, if you go next year, I, I can't imagine. I'm that definitely it would be any different. Yeah, I'm definitely interested. All right, so. Past that, uh, and there's pictures to this next event also on our Facebook page, I made it to another auction in Sevierville, Tennessee, which is for folks, you know, here on in the East Coast that's familiar with, uh, you know, Tennessee, kind of the general area that is very close to Pigeon Forge. I think Pigeon Forge has been referred to as the Redneck Riviera. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, Whitney. It's pretty good. <laughs> pretty I good. enjoy Pigeon Forge. I do too. I, it's, I, not, it's nice. I hear people kind of poke fun at it from that perspective but they've they've just been there and then they continue to tell you how good of a time they had so pigeon forge is a tourist trap 
basically. It's a nice laid back tourist trap. I, I've, every time I've ever been, I've enjoyed it. Yes, definitely. It, it is. It's nice. So they had an early August coin op auction and uh, went down with uh, Tony and Corey of Wreck Bar fame. I know we've talked about them tons on the show. They're the ones that hosted the Ghostbusters unboxing. I went down with them. I bid on a few things. A couple of things kind of caught my eye, but at the end of the day, I didn't bring back anything. Okay. Now, one of the kind of interesting things that's worth a mention was there was a cosmic cruising yeah there. i mean a very rare and desirable very game. very rare game very rare game very desirable game that's a uh, brian colon game mm-hmm. he did uh, the artwork on that i don't know what he, what involvement he may have had in the design but i know he definitely did the artwork i've never played one but for those that haven't seen one this one was wasn't working it would power on mm-hmm. there's a video aspect to it and then the video interacts with a spaceship model that is in the game okay and then the video from what i can tell just looking at the depth of the cabinet and all that it kind of does like a pepper's ghost reflected mirror type of a deal so that the game and the spaceship kind of work together seamlessly so it would come on marquee light would come on the spaceship would start would start to spin so there's probably a little motor in there but the game itself was dead all right and i i went on it you know i think i was out around 400 bucks but it went ahead, and it, the game ended up going for like I think it was eleven hundred or eleven fifty. Yeah, you know, like you said, it's a very rare game. I, I'm sure that you know it, it was definitely worth that. Uh, you know, kind of like with the next game I'm going to mention, I I just didn't need another another project. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't yeah. need another stack of twenties tied up in a box out basically out in the garage. I've got enough of those right now. So you and me both, yeah. my man. You and me both. Now, th- here's another game that I've wanted for a while for some silly reason uh, is the Stern Playboy, the pinball. And they there was one that was really nice. It played v- really well. And honestly, there's not a lot to the game. You know, it's it's not a very it, saying it's very deep. It, it's not deep at all. There's not a very about it. There's just not a lot there. It's a fun shooter. There's kind of stuff kind of going on with it there's some neat toys in it but i mean uh, what's what's the draw because i mean i've heard you mention the game on numerous numerous occasions i mean you can jump right in you can play it's really kind of a fan layout type of a deal okay you know the the shots just kind of just circle around starting from the lower left and ending at the far right okay i don't know i just enjoy it yeah and and that's that's cool there's nothing even from the playboy aspect about it because every one i've ever played have had the clean art cards in it yep yep it's kind of almost like a tour of the mansion type deal like with adam's family but you're you're going through the months yeah you know the different months of the year yep you know kind of one of the cool little toys is over on the left there's kind of it's it's a peep show booth type of a deal Mm -hmm. and when you activate it it's got like this beaded curtain and magnets activate and it pulls the curtain back and there's just a piece of art in there yeah you're just you're just you're working your way through the months. Yeah. That's what you're basically okay. doing. I, I got you. See, I, I've not really logged any time on it. I mean, I've seen them. At, I've seen the title at a few shows, mm-hmm. but it's it's never really anything that's that's gra- that I that I'd gravitate towards. Not not because of theme per se. I'm not ruling it out because of theme. I just didn't. I just never really spent any time on it to know how deep is it. And it's not. Yeah. Okay. It's just All a right. fun game. Yeah. Okay, I just cool. enjoy it yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. It's probably about like me with like eight ball deluxe. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's you know it's one of those things. It's just it's just fun to play. Yeah. It's just fun to play. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, they had a very nice one. Actually, someone had gone through and put um, 
pin, is it pinball fidelity? Help me here. Flipper, spe- flipper fidelity. Flipper fidelity. fidelity. It yes. Had a, it had flipper. It had a flipper fidelity speaker in the body. Uh huh. So I'm assuming there was probably you know because those usually come in sets. So I'm assuming you, had, you can order them independently. Oh, but, can but, you? But you can order the woofer separate separate from the twe- the tweeters or the you know the back box speakers. Mm-hmm. But nine times out of ten, if you're going to order one, you're getting them. I mean, I would think yeah because the, the whole set. I'm sure the money is probably in yeah. the woofer. So yeah. if you're ordering the woofer, you might as well go and get the tweeters. Just get yeah. the tweeters and just <laughs> swap them all. So it it had flipper fidelity speakers in it. Yeah. And did it sound good? I, you can't tell in not in, in an auction setting. No, yeah. okay, it's just enough. difficult to tell. Yeah. Okay. You know. Yeah. I was out honestly, I was out around 15 and it went at like 17 and that but that doesn't mean that whoever wanted it the, the gentleman that ended up buying it was just bid 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 bid. Once I fell out, yeah. He could have taken it to 2 grand or yeah. who, whoever who knows. You yeah. know, we've we've made that commentary before about auctions. Yep. You know, set set in your mind what what your what your price is and then once it goes past that stop yeah, yeah you know just stop because it may sell for 50 bucks more than what your price was but the guy that bid that 50 bucks he might have been willing to go another thousand yeah you and, don't and, know. and cost you 500 you know right. so yeah or or he might have been willing to go five and you slip into going five and next thing you know you're five over what your what yeah. you felt as you were comfortable with for the game yeah, so yeah. it went for a good price and I didn't want it that bad because I knew that wouldn't that game wouldn't stay mm-hmm. just because of limited space. Yeah, but yeah. Now the rec bar guys, they brought back a twenty foot, twenty six foot box truck full of stuff. Good, geez, oh Pete, yes. that, that hurts even just thinking about yes. that. That a twenty six foot box truck and they filled it up. Yes. Now there was space where you could walk down the middle like an aisle, Jeez. but yeah, they filled it up with what pins or drivers uh, they, or yes, they yes. Okay, so they got uh, a Sega Bat. Batman Return. Oh yeah, is that yeah. the Sega? Yeah, is that is. the Sega one with the big DMD in it? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, it, it's got, it's got kind of a, doesn't it have like the curved? Isn't it like I don't that, know that, if that one is a little the, curved or not? I, I don't know. I don't know I, if that I, one I thought has it the, was. It's it's the Sega Batman. Yeah, game. the Sega Batman. Yeah, they they've got one of those. They got two Time Crisis threes, and by two I don't mean like two individual. I mean like two sets of two, so like four of them. Oh wow. Uh, one can, was. Can you hook those together? Uh, two of them you do. Okay. Now I don't know if you can hook, hook four, four, four together. Kind of like Daytona or something. I don't think yeah. that you can. Okay. But at the end of the day, it, the situation there was they definitely wanted one. That that's a game that they were wanting. Uh-huh. And then the opportunity was that they could get the two sets of two. Yeah. So they went ahead and took it. They picked up an eighteen wheeler. That big, you know, those yeah. big drivers. Yeah. Those yeah. are those are kind of fun. Yeah. A couple other drivers. Honestly, I'd have to go back and look. Games that were outside of the norm of like your cruisins and your cruising exoticas and your yeah you know things like that so uh just so the titles just aren't sticking with me yeah no, i understand but like i said they ended up filling that Jeez. that truck they picked up a uh, oh, a, a silver strike bowling which okay. you know i'm not a golden tea fan but i could sit down and play a bowling game mm-hmm. you know and i'd like to actually have one in the game room um, maybe one of the older ones that kind of fit like a Capcom bowling yeah. that fits more with just the genre of games that I've got. Yeah. But yeah, needless to say, 26 foot truck full of games. Jeez, oh, that's strong, man. Coming wow. back. Gosh. How much did you have to unload? Well, I helped load. Okay. You know, and that was okay. Cause and it's it one of those deals where it's like, see you guys yeah. later. Bye. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm out of here. So they brought me home Yeah, and then, uh, that was late Saturday night. We went up Friday, stayed Friday night and then you know, got up Saturday morning, went to the auction, and then oh, wow. drove back Saturday night. I see. So they brought me home, and they unloaded. You know, they had a lift gate, and 
and yeah. and my good wishes. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lift gate and my good wishes. I'm writing that one down. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's that's that show title. Yeah. A lift gate, my good wishes. Yes, that's that's pretty awesome. Oh, one of the couple of things I did get to play is I say I call us heavy here in the notes is the new Batman. It's the big Batman driver. I think it's from Raw Thrills. That thing is awesome. It is awesome. And, and I had played it once at a movie theater, but I got to sit down once the auction. I want to say the one they had there is really nice. Yeah. Memory serves and went for about four grand. Okay. And after the auction had moved past it, I got to sit down and I played a few games on it. It's yeah. pretty fun. It's, yeah. It's it's a driver shooter on rails. Yeah. But it's probably the, the production quality on it is yes. probably through the roof, though. Yeah. It's yeah. really fun. Yeah. Now, there's a shooter. If anybody ever sees this out, this is modern gaming based on the Ram- the Rambo movies. Okay, I've not and seen that. It, it, there's a big version with like this 50-inch monitor, and there's a smaller version with like a 40 or 42-inch monitor. And it has two guns on it. It looks like two, um, I can't remember, if the, just generic kind of rifle type things. I, don't, I can't recall if they really stuck out as being like a, an AR-15 or like an AK-47 type thing. But... It mixed the video game with like live action. So like you'd have your cut scene from the movie that would set you up in a position that Rambo faced in the movie. And then you'd you'd play through that scene. It was kind of cool to play. I actually enjoyed that. I've seen these all over. I know these aren't like these. These were in the Walmarts around here. Never played one, but there was a Terminator Salvation. There I remember as well. those. Yeah. Yes, I remember those. And and I know Scott over at Retro Gaming Roundup. He's a big Terminator fan. He's got one in his in his game room. Yeah. I got to sit down and play a couple games on that. And it was pretty fun. I actually enjoyed that. But, you know, I like the Batman and I like the Rambo yeah. of, of all the modern games that I saw there. I think Raw Thrills also did a Jurassic Park game, if I'm not mistaken. And that one's pretty fun, too. I, I've played it before and it's a shooter on rails. You know, there's you're just uh, all you do is, you know, swing and reload and then just keep going again, mm-hmm. swing and reload and keep going again. Kind of like House of the Dead, but you know yeah. what? It's fun. It's so, pretty neat. This is kind of a modern game but with a a retro flare. You remember Killer Queen that we got to play yeah, at, uh, in at, Chicago? In is Chicago that, at Zespies, yeah, at I Logan's. Do. I remember that well. Well, Raw Thrills has bought the rights for that game. <laughs> now, what that means, Somebody I don't. Somebody made out. Yeah. Now, what that means, I don't know. So, Killer Queen, right now, the one we played, was it like an eight-player game? I'm going to say it was. Eight, I'm going to say it was eight, four on each side. Okay, I was thinking what I think it was. I think it was four on each side. So when you're playing it. Yeah, I think you're right. It was four on each side, mm-hmm. and then you had this huge, like, 50-inch display in front of you. <laughs> what felt like two of them, actually. <laughs> right. You are, uh, are you bees or some kind of flying? Okay, so you're bees. Yeah, and then what you're, you're bees. You're trying to capture or kill the queen of the opposing team. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I believe that's it. I mean, I know you and I played it, but um, again, I, it's been a year since we've played yeah. it, and, and um, honestly, I didn't really understand what I was doing because... There were there are actually there's a couple le- ways to win. There's a couple ways to win, but there's also leagues of people that play this recreationally and yes. for sport, and they play it at a level that I'll never play it at. It's, so yeah, if it's you huge. Ever, if you're anywhere where there's a killer queen, play it. Yeah, and definitely, it's neat. You could be anywhere in Logan, and you'd hear ah, oh, people just it, going haywire. It's where you know the, you'd hear the winning side ah, and you hear yeah. the losing side oh. Yeah, exactly. And then they go at it again. And, you know, there's a couple ways to play. So, you know, basically you're defending your queen. They're trying to 
kill your queen. And then there's some aspect of it at the bottom where something's traveling along the bottom and you have to either head it off and turn it around and it, but if it makes it to the end, yeah. that's a way to win or lose or something like it's like you said, it's been a while, but yeah. nonetheless, there's only a few of these across the U S yeah, like there's not many. You're right. That's right. And apparently raw thrills has picked it up. Okay. So now what they're going to do with it, I don't know or they, if they're going to mass produce it, if they're going to boil it down a little bit so they can mass, I, I don't know. Yeah. There's going to be some version of it out there. But like I said, the auction for me was a bust. It was a good time nonetheless. And, um, you know, did see some cool, cool games. Got to play a few cool games. Other than that, I mentioned, you know, no real movement here in the game room. Unfortunately, the uh, Back to the Future has gone nowhere. If you turn around and look at it right there in it's the not shop. Even, it's not even Back to the Future yet, no. is it? Yeah. If you look at it in the shop, it's become the box holder at this point there's a box i ordered some stuff from mcm i yeah. picked up a new raspberry pi and arduino and a few other things it's and like my zookeeper the box is sitting on top of the freaking pen at this yeah, point my poor zookeeper yes i did mention last week one of the things i wanted to knock out was a was a repair of one of my crt rejuvenators mm-hmm. which is actually going to lead us into some crt rejuvenator talk here later in the show but uh, my Syncor CR70 is still on the bench and I opened it up and I found the, the failed part. I had a resistor burned up and that ended up as I took it apart, I, I started discovering connector issues, which we'll talk a little bit about here later in the show. Past that, one other thing, I did have a sort of a pseudo pickup. I, I've, uh, I own it, but I don't possess it at the moment. Chris Fitzpatrick uh, and I'm feel good using Chris's last name because Chris and his wife have been on the show multiple times. So at yeah. this point, they're like family. Yeah, it's all good. Um, he had Chris is up in Indianapolis, and he had a really nice Stern cabinet, and it was it's the generic in my in my term Stern cabinet. It was used for a lot of games like Scramble and Super Cobra and uh, Lost Tomb, which in my case is why I wanted it. I have everything to put together a Stern Lost Tomb. You the like board, the game? You like the game? You know, I've never played it. Oh, I see. I, you never see it. Yeah, I've heard people talk about it, and they really enjoy it. And at this point, I'm like, okay, I've got everything short of the wiring harness, which it's not very complex for that game. I've got, you know, a nice marquee. I've got a completely populated control panel with nice art on it. And I've got the board. So I can either build the game or sell all the parts for somebody else to build the game. At this point, you know, Chris had a cabinet, a very nice cabinet at a very good price. I figure I'll build the game eventually. And I'll either enjoy it or someone else will enjoy it. Or maybe somebody, you yeah, know. Yeah, no, that's fair. Or, or maybe in a year and a half, I'll decide that I don't need it sitting in the garage and I'll sell someone a nice, you know, build your own lost tomb kit. I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll no, figure it out. I mean, I'm looking at, I, I don't have any, I don't have any, um, you know, any background or, or nostalgia for this game. Mm-hmm. I never played it back in the day. So I'm looking at this on Clove. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. So yeah, the it looks like the the picture of the cabinet is just a generic Stern branded, yep. you know, just a, a generic Stern stenciled cab, and that's you know with Stern on yep. the side, and that's that's it. Now that being said, it actually looks. I mean, I'm looking at some screenshots. It it looks like a fairly interesting game. It looks like more of a you know a, a think your way through it type of game rather than a high action game. Yeah, you you work your way into the tomb, you know, to pick pick up what you what you need to pick up treasure and the like okay. it's been a while since i've actually even looked at a, like a play video of it so i'm doing this from memory you've got a whip 
buttons, kind of like Indiana Jones, and that's your weapon. And then once you once you reach the the final goal, then a timer starts, and you have to work your way out before the whole tomb collapses. Well, that's kind of like Major Havoc, honestly. You oh, know, okay. You work your way to a point. You set off. You know, you ca- you yep. cause an action. Then you have to get your way back out. So yeah, that's to some degree it, it parallels that. So somewhere it will fall in the line of things to do. I mean, I've got several of those. You know, build your own game projects right now. Yeah. And I, I I don't know where it'll land. You know, honestly, I mean, I, one one show I'll have to go through the the list of things that I've got that will make complete nice games. I'm not doing that. I'm oh, not doing that. It, just, it could be depressing. It's, no, it? it's shameful. And, yeah. and I, you know, I'm I'm not going to do that because people will reach through the speakers and go, "What are you doing?" You Actually, <laughs> thinking about it, uh, Chris and Debs they are major contributors to the the final piece to another one of those projects. Oh, is that I, right? I mentioned it on a show prior to oh, oh the kicks, the kicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. On a prior yeah, show. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I do remember they, that. They were instrumental in the last in the last piece of that. Oh, so, that's cool. and, and that's a game I played back in the day, and I really enjoy that yeah, game. Yeah, I, that game is it's a neat game. That's I, a, polarizing game that's like the monty python of games it's, it's people like it or they don't it's There's no it's neat i'm not going to say that i like it because i never really played it a lot mm-hmm. but i do respect it you know i mean i i've got the props for it i just i just never really spend any time on it but i do think i do think it's neat yeah no, that's yeah. one i did i spent time with back in the day for yeah. whatever reason i just enjoyed it yeah, so yeah. people played pac-man i played kicks yeah it's all Frogger. good it's all good man every every game needed some love yep all right, so Whitney, that is my three to four weeks in a nutshell of <laughs> however long. That's a huge nutshell. Yeah, yeah. It works. It always works out that way, doesn't it? All right, so let me flip it your way, Whitney. We'll do this uh, in proper order. Yes, y- yes. As we have it written down, just to just to keep us from uh, confusing our, our poor little feeble minds here, you know. What have you been up to? Well, you know, Brenna, I'll tell you, there's... Um, there's there's an aspect of the past let's just call, we say quote unquote let's just call it month that that has been very interesting for me uh, in the sense that you know I've spent a big part of that month uh, literally on the road and when I say on the road I mean I mean I'm I'm telling you man on the road either at a hotel you know living out of a hotel or transitioning from one place to the next so. Yeah, over the past week, or I'm sorry, over the past, let's say, three to four weeks, I mean, Brent, I've, I have logged time, considerable time, not just like a day, but considerable time in four states, all right? Ohio, uh, Georgia, um, uh, Illinois, and uh, Washington State. So, you know, I've, I've done, you know, it's left, right, and through the middle, yeah, I was like, you know? I was like, okay, kind of close to home, then all the way across the country. And all the and way north. across the country, and then at the very yeah. top, top left-hand corner at that. So, um, and, and, you know, some of it's been for work, some of it's been, you know, some of it's been, you know, family vacation and everything like that. But it, the net result is it's all additive. We you know when you, when you come looking at, at your time and, you know, whether, uh, you know, whether you've had enough time to do anything else, which typically the answer when I'm traveling like that is no. But anyway, so, yeah, so I've been on the road, uh, no movement in the game room whatsoever. And it's really kind of sad, you know, and I'm, when I was writing the show notes, I did like a frowny face, you know, is kind of, it kind of made, it kind of made me sad. But then I thought, 
Well, man, I've, I've really played a lot of pinball, though, over the past month. And I'll get I'll get to how I've done that, okay, here in just a few minutes. But, man, I've played a lot of pinball over the past month. And you know what? That, that actually made, made me happy. So I, I went and did a smiley face beside the sad face. And so, you know, instead of being sad, I was glad, you know, for that. But um, the, the only bad part about it, though, Brent, is I didn't play any pinball at my house. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I played pinball everywhere else, but where I've paid to play pinball at, you know. Uh, so, so I was able to uh, was able to get uh, a good bit of that in. But let, let me start out with the first week. So, um, anybody who's been listening to the show for you know the past couple of years, you, you've picked up on the fact that you know generally I'll do you know one or two trips to Seattle over the course of the year. It's it's due to you know, it's due to work. It's it's who it's who I work for. It's part of the job, and uh, but it's also a lot of fun. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, you know, I, I you know, Brent, I've just as we've talked about, it, I've been in IT my entire career, and uh, as much as I as much as I geek out on the arcade and the pinball hobby, I have it is equally good time. You know, working in my field, so I guess I'm pretty lucky about that. You know, lucky for that because I genuinely enjoy what I do. So I you know I get to go kind of feed the tech side of my brain you know, on trips like this, and that's always a lot of fun. But what I will say is that, you know, during that time in Seattle, I always make a point to go to the Seattle Pinball Museum. And I've been, let's see, what, three or four times already? And, oh, and just Br- cry me a river. Yeah, I, I know, I know. But, but Brent, <laughs> I'll say this. Uh, I just went by myself uh, this this past trip. I got to go to the P- Seattle Pinball Museum. <laughs> yeah, you got to say it like Eric Cartman. Come here, man. I went to the Seattle Pinball Museum, man. You know, like that. And, uh, and dude, I will tell you this much. I had a blast this time. It, it was a lot of fun. And I think the reason why is because, um, you know, man, I, you know, it was just one of those things where I was just able to focus on what I wanted to play. And uh, the selection of games had done some changeover since you know, they'd done some rotation on the games. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. I, I got to stay for maybe two hours, and, um, and it, it, was, it was a blast. Now, I'll tell you what I did wind up playing, uh, what, I, what I enjoyed, what I thought was, what I thought was worth visiting, uh, and then what I played a lot of. Okay, so I did get to play The Hobbit, okay, and I had never, you know, of course, they've not been out that long, per mm-hmm. se. And uh, I've not gotten to play that yet. Yeah, and I did get to play it. Um, in in Jersey Jack style, the game is completely and utterly uh, the pinnacle of what I would consider, you know, production. Okay, it's. I mean, man, it's kind of over the top. <laughs> there's <laughs> there's there's a lot going on in that box, and. Uh, and there's a lot of you complexity. mean just like from toys and toys and, just and art, just, toys, and art, lights, the just the sheer complexity of the game, uh, smog. Yeah, you know, it just it's just everything, man. I mean, and I'll say the same thing about the Wizard of Oz. I really respect what Jersey Jack does. I just don't know that it's for me. You know, it's it's just man, Brent. There's just a lot going on. You know, and I don't feel that I can even talk about the you know the the complexity of the rule sets or you know the the validity of the gameplay and design decisions made and everything like that because the games to the game you you need to spend time with it and me playing at the seattle pinball museum and being my first exposure to the game was not enough and not it uh, does that make sense you see yeah, where no, i'm going that makes with sense. that yeah i mean so i played, yeah, it, I, played I played it from a from a getting familiar standpoint is what i did i've played wizard of oz multiple times mm-hmm. in private location you know yeah. in, in in homes yeah. private owners yeah i've played yeah. it at 
Go ahead. I was going to say, you remember Larry Page? Yeah. Way, way back in, what, episode five or yeah, something I, like that? I, we played uh, hours at yeah. his place. I, I've played it in a private setting. I've played it at shows, and I've played it on location. So, I mean, I have, yeah. I have a lot of time, for lack of a better term, with that game. And there's just so much there. You have to spend a lot of time with it. It's like a, uh-huh. it's like a really in-depth book. Yes, it is. You know, you have to really dig in and understand. Now you can get in at least with Wizard of Oz and just and play and, and just, have a good time. And bat follow the ball, the yeah. ball Follow the lights, bat the ball yeah. around, and, and just and appreciate the production value of what you're looking right. at. But there's so much else. That, like I don't even know to this day in the Wizard of Oz how to get the horses. Yeah, you know the yeah, horses yeah. on the back glass. Yeah, the horses neither, of a different color. Neither do I. You know, so. there's there's so many, and I I, I imagine that that Hobbit is the same way. Uh, it's it, it it is of the same ilk. I will say that. So so the answer to that is definitely yes. You know you know how I think one really comes to appreciate pinball is you play it in a private setting mm-hmm. in a controlled environment to where you can throw where you can kind of throw yourself into the game. And then you would more so enjoy it out on location because you would better understand the game and be able to play it and get the value out of your money. I think uh, I think those two games definitely qualify, you know, un- under the under those uh, under those circumstances. But neat game, no doubt. Uh, another game that I got to play was America's Most Haunted, you know, from uh, from Spooky. And Brenna, I will say this: I spent a fair amount of time on America's Most Haunted played it really liked it you, you know what i think the most endearing thing about america's most haunted is the thing that made me laugh time and time again the call i was gonna say the call outs. the call outs yeah. are just uh, the call outs are, are just uh, they're just fabulous i mean it, i would hear them over and over again but the situational awareness that the game had and then would match the call outs to that was was really stellar so i'll say job well done on that um to that, where I've gotten to play, that's the one thing that that it, going back to playing it in a venue like it, a pinball show, you yeah. just it you don't get that full experience at times. Exactly. And, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's it it was just it was just so much fun to play, and you know I I will say this, just you know setting setting America's Most Haunted side by side with a Jersey Jack machine and a Stern machine, the one one I want to mention next. And just looking at the overall build quality and just the what I consider to be the fit and the finish, Charlie and the guys did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I mean, man, it's there. It, it looks right at home compared to a Jersey Jack machine and a Stern machine from an overall fit and finish. Mm-hmm. Now you can see that there's different flavors of different components and there's a different design methodology, you know, as to what they're going to produce as the final result. And to me, that's just, you know, that's just uh, varying the recipe. You know, I mean, it's how do you mix your cake batter to yep. make your, your well, brand of the cake? There's, there's, and I get that. There's many manufacturers of what we all know and love as, as a car. Yes. You know, exa- yep. they all, they all, do the same. They all do the same. They all serve the same purpose. They all they, serve the same purpose. They, they, but yeah. they have their spin, their own yes. unique spin. And and that was very apparent, but it also was very refreshing mm-hmm. to see that. And um, the game felt good. It felt nice and tight. The, you know, the flipper strength was where it needed to be. The ball you know, the ball had good action on the play field. It felt, and it flo- it felt good and it flowed right. You did, know, I'll did, say that. Did you get to play Rob Zombie at SFGE? I did not, no. I would describe that game the same way. Now, Given, okay, that's good. I I can barely spell Rob Zombie. Yeah, let alone say it. Yeah, because um, yeah, okay, yeah. yes. And 
I, so I don't know anything about any of his movies. I mean, I know a couple of his songs, yeah. just the more popular things that's yeah. made it that, that have made their way into like the mainstream. Yeah, like Dragula. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. So you know, I'm kind of lost on. Okay, well, this mode represents this from this movie or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I when I played it the couple of times I was playing it, I was basically doing the follow the flashing light deal. Yeah. And given that the callouts were great, the the game felt good the fit finish felt great the yeah. flow felt great yeah uh i had i had fun playing it and i knew nothing about the theme that it was built upon. very, very yeah in, in this i would say that i qualified on america's most haunted for that i mean I, I i understood what you were trying to do i understood the basic ten you know the basic premise of the game and the tenant under which you know under which you're you're working your way across the play field with it but i don't under i don't understand the modes and the, and the nuances mm-hmm. of the stacking you know the stacking orders and you know what happens here and what happens there and things like that but nonetheless i i give it uh, i give it a solid solid a because man it it felt like it held its own and again the call outs were the call outs <laughs> made me laugh you know and and i appreciated that i thought it was good um the the other game that I played, uh, or the other two games that, that I played a tremendous uh, a tremendous number of times, and I I felt myself just wandering through, uh, wandering through the Seattle Pinball Museum. I played a lot of one onesie twosie games of a lot of different tables, but Brent, I kept coming back and I played Star Trek Premium and Spider Man Vault Edition over and over and over again and i would say out of the two hours that i was there i spent maybe 20 minutes or so on uh, america's most haunted i spent probably 10 to 15 minutes on the hobbit maybe i spent a collective 20 minutes on everything else and then the balance we'll say an hour and 10 minutes or an hour you know an hour ish i split between star trek and spider-man v and i absolutely loved both of them i you know something i'll say this the more time I've spent on Star Trek, the more I, I now more so understand the modes, the stacks, the you know the. I haven't played Star Trek since yeah. we mentioned Larry Larry Pavey. Yes, he had a, a Star Trek Premium. Yeah, and that was like I think he had just gotten he, it. He had just got it because it had just come out. Yeah. So, but but I was playing on a premium, not not an L. No, he's got an LE, doesn't he? Larry Larry has an LE I, because he has the laser cut yes, side, side yes, armor believe, and everything yeah, like that. Right, Larry has an LE. Yeah, so so I was playing on a premium. It doesn't matter the same same diff, and uh, when it comes to play, but man, I'll tell you what, I really dig it, and uh, I had a lot of fun with it. It was uh, it, it's a good game, and it's a fast game. I get it, and uh, you know I was working my way through, you know through through um, you know stacking the you know stacking the um, the I guess the obstacle or uh, I guess stacking the modes that you're working through working way finally up to the captain's chair and stuff like that it, it, was, it was a lot of fun you know the, the separate little uh quests or you know however you want to call that but nonetheless that was fun but i will tell you this man stepping up to start to spider-man ve never having played any you know any appreciable amount of spider-man before just not having access to it you know I, I dig that game. I get it. It's fun. Um, now, do you have much time with the original Spider-Man? No, it's what I'm saying. Okay. I, no, no real exposure to the original Spider-Man. Okay. But knowing that the the rule sets are the same, and you know, and, and it's it's largely a lift and shift of uh, you know of the original Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Man, I'll tell you this, Brent. It's it's, it's 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 fun. A lift and shift. <laughs> yes, it's a lift and shift of the original Spider-Man, and that's that's very accurate. I do believe. Um, it's see i'm it, not sure fun. because i it's thought fun. That, i thought that basically it was the same but they did change it a little bit since they were getting in and you know 
recycle as much as you can mm-hmm. of course the art's different and then with that all the call outs are different the call outs, the call outs are different but and i thought they had, took that opportunity to sneak in some rule changes but i could be wrong well there. you know what maybe they did but um you know if you stack the two side by side they're far more they're far more um similar than they are different you know when it comes to just when it comes to just you know the play field layout and everything like that i, I know they upgraded the toys and and things like that they swapped out a few i think swapped out a few of the toys just characters and, and things along those lines but uh but from everything i've read the rule sets uh, the rule sets are basically the same and um it's a good game i I I really really like it um it was very approachable and very easy to understand what you were you know what you're kind of working your way through so i did i played a lot of those too as i you know as i mentioned and uh, just thoroughly just just really i really enjoyed my time so yeah seattle pinball museum it was um it was it was a good trip i really liked it yeah i need to we've talked a lot of star trek on this episode i really need to spend some time on that game because i just yeah i really enjoy the new series you know that that's a theme thing for me and then when it's when, when i've gotten to play the game yeah I've, re- I've, I've really enjoyed it yeah and i'm i'm going to talk a little bit more about star trek in just here in a second okay. I'll, I'll loop back to it because uh it, it has some reverberation power to it <laughs> and um and, and you know and while i was in seattle I, you know i was able to sneak a couple other things in and brent honestly i worked on something i can't talk about yet and it kills me and um i don't even really know why i'm bringing it up because i should <laughs> i shouldn't bring up something i can't talk about but i'm going to say stay tuned I, i'm going to say hashtag soon is what i'm going to say on that but needless to say my trip to seattle was awesome and um hopefully here in the next month or so i can talk about why it was so awesome in addition and uh and all I can tell you is everybody just stay tuned. Trust me, it will be worth the wait. There is a whole story to tell on um, on what was going on in Seattle. It was um, it was it was amazing. It was just utterly amazing. But uh, anyway, a great way to start off my travel week. So from there, Brent, okay, uh, moved on and uh, came home. And then uh, my family, uh, my extended family, and I, uh, my wife Jackie and daughter Grace, and then uh, my cousin, uh, my cousin, his wife and his uh, his son. And uh, we took a, a family trip to Chicago uh, over the course of a weekend, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday deal. And man, we we had a blast. It was we stayed downtown, stayed you know stayed in the city, uh, you know did a lot of uh, you know did a lot of the uh, you know the parks and the the museums and you know Navy Pier and and everything like that. Took in the restaurants and and all that. Just kind of you know just kind of hung around and, and walked around and, and just had a blast. But here's here's three things that we did while we were in Chicago that was quote-unquote arcade-related, okay? And I thought these were all really good things, uh, big things. And and here's the secret, Brent. We interspersed these through the trip to where the, the ladies, the kids had a good time, and it was, it, you know, the, the, the hobby wasn't overbearing on anybody else, but we still got some good stuff in, okay? So well, that, that it, it makes really it, worked That makes out. it good for the family and, and a it lesson does. for our listeners out there. Yes, you can successfully interweave this. You just can't make it all about you just can't yes. make the trip all about that, you know? So here's the first thing. So so my cousin uh my cousin Philip he, he had he had gotten in touch with me a now, day or, has Philip been on the show? I know he has he, not you know what we probably we need to have Philip on the show Phillip's at some at, point. Philip's yeah. at um a little arcade expo every year. He's yeah. heavily involved in the console side. Yeah, and his yeah. son Gareth, Gareth, his son Gareth, was on the show at Little Arcade yeah. Expo along with your daughter Grace. Yeah. So at some point we we need to have Philip sit in because he's you know he, I think he's, I like Gareth better. 
<laughs> well, you know, we're getting crotchety in our old age. So, so the kids are always the shining hope. Okay. So we'll, we'll just leave it at that. But, um, but no, Philip, Philip, great, 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 great family. He's great family. And we had a really good time. And so Philip had asked me, he said, he goes, man, Whitney, he said, you know, well, we're going to be in Chicago. Do you think there's a possibility that we could go to Stern and just take a tour of the factory? And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't really, I didn't really plan on on going there while we were in Chicago, but it just worked out to where the ask was there, and it's like, you know what, we could take the kids for a couple hours and go to Stern and uh, and, and have a good time with it, and it and it'd be kind of one of those off the cuff kind of kind of spontaneous, more spontaneous things. So um, what I did, Brent, is I reached out to our good friend John Trudeau. I shot him an email and said, "Hey, John." we're going to be in Chicago tomorrow. <laughs> and I said, do you think what you, you could accommodate us? And, and you know what, John, you know, always the gentleman, he said, you guys come on by, I'll take care of you. And, uh, and Brent that he did. So, uh, so we showed up at Stern, you know, around 10 o'clock in the morning and John was there ready and waiting for us. He greeted us at the, at the door, the kind of like the waiting room area. And now this is the new warehouse. This is the new, yeah, yes. the, the new warehouse and, and the new, the new factory. The new factory. Yeah. New factory, factory, factory and warehouse. It's, it's, they're kind of, they're kind of munched together there. But, uh, but John was waiting for us in kind of the waiting room. Um, and here's, what's interesting, man, you know, we walked back through the office area and people were asking it's like why are you here what are you doing here what business do you have and john had to vouch for us <laughs> he did because I, I honestly thought somebody was going to ask us to leave <laughs> what, and, what are you looking at yeah it's like why are you here and why are you looking at what we have going on here you know and, and you know no cameras allowed during that part or anything like that john vouched for us and took us on back so it i me, I was actually kind of, kind of comforted by a by a certain level of security and you know and just like, hey, you know, we've got stuff going on here. You shouldn't just be walking willy nilly through what we got going on, you know. So I I, I thought that was kind of cool, but uh, John took us back through the uh, back through the, the factory, the new factory, and uh, and you know just proceeded to take us on a tour. And and Brent, I do uh, I do have some pictures. I have let's, let's say this by the time the show episode drops they will be on the facebook page i have not put them on the facebook page yet because i wanted to time this with a little tighter with the show okay mm-hmm. with with the release of the show so when people hear it they have a reasonable chance of finding it on the facebook page rather than having to scroll 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 to find it you know from from three or four weeks ago but uh you know search on facebook pages is not really that good you no, know even when i go back to find our own stuff i, I know it's it, it's frustrating it, it is the, the way they uh facebook changes uh, just recently it it's like you have a difficult time even just looking at the list of albums i, I know they want to show you like pictures and it's just like all the pictures just like one after another and it's just yeah it's kind of frustrating especially when you're kind of leaning on the facebook page to be more of a historical record mm-hmm. of what you do it's not really that good for that and anyway that's that's a sidebar but oh, oh well so uh, so anyway pictures will be up on the facebook page by the time the show drops uh, probably a couple of days before just you know just to time it right and uh and you'll get to see some pictures that i was uh that john was uh you know john allowed me to take while we were walking through uh walking through the factory now what did i see while i was there okay so let's talk about that for a few minutes uh the first thing i saw what did i see well the next game is, no, <laughs> no 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 I know that, no, yeah. no no did not see that yeah and uh there yeah that that's not happening but um 
You know, the one thing that, that was uh, that was kind of interesting, I did not realize, is that we were being uh, we were being filmed and live streamed as soon as we walked in, <laughs> and uh, so uh, so a couple of people Whitney looked over can, at me. Whitney, you could never rob a bank. That's no, your kind of luck. no, no, no. I could never rob a bank. And so um, just as we walked in, they said, "Hey, you guys are live on the internet." And so I walked up. You know, I just I just kind of walked up to to Jody Dangberg. He he was filming everything, and I was like, "Hey, Jody, I'm Whitney. You remember me?" And <laughs> I just he's, made he's like, get the, away from me. And I just made the goofiest introduction ever. Just me trying to be just me friendly and kind of gaffy, but still, you know, still sincere, totally sincere. And uh, he's like, uh, he said, get away from me, kid. You smell like popcorn. Yeah. He's, and he gave me a bag of rocks, just like Charlie, like I, like I had the Charlie Brown sheet over my head, you know, with all the eyes cut out. And, uh, it was one of those things where he's like, uh, he's like, you know, we're live streaming on the internet. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, one of those deals. And I was like, hi, internet. You know, and it's just like, man, dude, I was just kind of lost this because it's one of those deals where it's like, I think everybody now knows kind of how goofy and stupid I am. So I might as well just go say, go ahead and own it. Did you mention, did you mention the podcast? No, thank, I did not. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't going to do you that way. So it was a conscious decision on my part. Okay. Um, so anyway, so, but that was cool. You know, we had a couple of people reach out to us and who was, I think Jeff Waldron, uh, listener of the show. He found like, it. Like, yeah, he was within, wa- well, like, no, dude, he didn't find it. He, he, was ze- he zeroed in on it and he had it like within, like within 11 minutes of me being on the internet, he was sending us screen caps going, man dude you're really goofy you know that and i'm like yeah i'm like uh, i know and so you know it's it just one of those things but you now, want you want to know what's cool though man the kid that you know the kids got to see it they thought it was the coolest thing as we were walking around my daughter she goes daddy what was that and i'm like you'll see it someday and then you're <laughs> going to be ashamed that, that you was know? dad being a fool yeah that was dad <laughs> acting as dad does you know hey but, i'm i'm sticking in the show notes the because you made a reference to the charlie brown i got a rock yeah, I bet there's people that listen to the show that have no idea what that is. There may very so, well. May I, very well I, be. There's a little YouTube video out there. I'm gonna go ahead and stick the link. Okay, in the show cool. Notes, yeah, so. awesome, awesome. Yeah, we'll put it in there. Yeah. But um, but anyway, so you know, we made our way through the factory, and and Brent, you know, I know you and I toured the factory a year or so, maybe two years ago. And it was two years ago. It's when been we, two years. It's been yeah. two years. What I will say about the the new factory is. It's not really that different from a layout. I'm sorry. It's not really that different from a, you know, a, I guess a uh, production station perspective. You know, they're still doing, you know, they're still building the pinball machines the way they built the pinball machines two years ago, uh, you know, with, I'm sure, some obvious, you know, improvements and, you know, efficiency and all that. But the basic tenet of everything is still there. It's just, it's, it's organized far better. It's laid out in more of a assembly line fashion, I guess you could say, than a cart this here type of fashion. So it, it looks like they've optimized their setup quite a bit because they, they've got the additional space. And I, I thought, I thought that was, that was really kind of neat to see. Now, what I will say is the day that I was there, Brent, they were running a lot of Star Treks. Okay. And they had mostly Star Treks. They, they, did not have any Ghostbusters on the line at all, Brent. None. Okay, that okay. I that, that that I saw. Okay. Now, and we now, all know, you know, we're not going to get into the the deep details of it, but yeah. it's no. We all know that that 
the uh, Ghostbusters have been delayed in terms of the shipping. You yeah, know, that, that's been talked to death on the other shows. If, if, and I'm telling you, if, if that, you want to so. get the scoop on that, go on Pinside. Yeah. Uh, we're not the one. We're not the show to weigh in on that and and I guess you know solve that problem here on our show. But uh, for, but that being said, fully aware of it. Okay, and you know you can get on Pinside and you can read that ad nauseum if now, you want. What to. I think is cool though is that they're still selling Star Treks. Oh yeah, and I don't know oh, if yeah. that's uh i mean that game is we talked about larry having just had that show or uh, that game and we I mean, were what, like three like, years i yeah, mean three years five or so i'd have, yeah. have to go back and look so that game is a couple years old if, now, if not more now star so. trek beyond just came out uh which rocks by the way <laughs> it was beautiful i thought yes yes the, the movie was great so maybe that's a little of it a little you know kind of revitalization of the brand yeah but I, nonetheless I it's still cool that that they're in demand. Yeah, they, yeah, they, agreed. And they, there was some Kiss rolling down the line. There was a few Metallicas rolling down the line. I don't really, I don't really get, you know, how they choose what to build on a certain day or how many they decide to build of a certain title and, uh, on on a certain run. I mean, I asked John about that, and and you know, his response was, you know, it's basically up to the orders of the distributor. You know, will you know, it, it depends upon you know how many playfields do we have in, and you know. Do, do we have enough wiring harnesses built for for you know to do ten, mm-hmm. or do we have two left over and we just build two, you know, and then we'll build up more harnesses and then we'll run twenty, something like that. So I, I thought it was I thought it was interesting that the games were interspersed as they went down the line, you know, Metallica, Metallica, Kiss, 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 Star Trek, Star Trek, you know, and so and so on, you know. Uh, but all that being said, you know, Brent, um, you know, of course, you know, the license is gone on ACDC, so none of that, you know, and, and I so think on. Tron, the, Tron on the street is Tron's the same way. Yeah, Tron, of course, no, none of that. So, uh, you know, so it, it was it was good to see it was good to see the lines active. I will say that. Now, what I will say about Ghostbusters though is that uh, there were a lot a lot of Ghostbuster cabinets sitting off to the side. So I will tell you this much: the the uh, the pinup demand. Okay, it looked to me like based upon um, the number, the sheer number of cabinets that I saw sitting waiting to go, it looked to me like the pinup demand was going to be uh, taken care of very, very quickly. Okay, it looked to me like they were getting ready to do a lot of Ghostbusters. All right. Now, did you happen to notice were they pro cabinets? Uh, both, both pro and premium. Okay. is what I saw because yes. you know at the time of this this recording yeah the le's are getting out there i know mm-hmm. uh, um not don over on pinball podcast don and uh, don and jeff jeff yeah. jeff has a an le okay I don't know what i said uh, jeff has an le and he's already received it talked about that on his show so those are getting out there yeah and then the pros are shipping because we've seen several of those show up on facebook and yeah yeah uh uh, some friends of the show has has them. Rec Bar mm-hmm. got theirs. Yeah, but, so but what nobody has is a premium. Is a yet. premium. That's exactly right. Tell me about it, Whitney. See this hole right here yeah. in my game room. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing it. You yeah. know what's in the hole? Yeah, a it, shop vac. It, yeah, exactly. That yeah. shop vac is no fun, Whitney. It, it's no fun whatsoever. But it but it does clean up the spot for a Ghostbusters premium very yes, handily, it does. though, doesn't it? Yeah. Actually, I think that sucker is going to sit right here in the middle of the floor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I will say this. I did see one premium on location, and I'll speak to that here in 
just a second. Okay. okay. Yeah, because that was uh, that was actually uh, at one place that we wound up going to, and I thought that was that was pretty cool too. So um, so nonetheless, you know, run through there, and uh, here, here's what, here's what was cool though. The play area. You remember when you and I were at the factory? You and I were at the, at the factory two years ago, mm-hmm. and they had the small little play area yep. where they had like five games yep. set up. Man, that's been way expanded. There's probably like five, 18, 20 games oh, now wow. in a line. And uh, again, check the Facebook page. I'll post all my pictures by the time this episode airs. Man, dude, I got a lot of pictures of that area. I got pictures of the kids playing, and it was oh, fanta- that's cool. It was fantastic. So when we were there, they had a mix of not only the the current games, mm-hmm. but they had some older games. Oh yeah, they, they had, did. Yeah, they had Lord of the Rings. They had. You I know. want to say there was a there's like an older Data East game in there, and uh-huh. some old Stern Electronics games yep, in yep. there. there. There were, and they were they were there, but they were all, of course. Not, well, not I'm, I don't want to say of course and mean that in a condescending way. I'm just saying that they were relegated off to the side. You know, they they were at the end of the line. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but you know, within that line, you know, they had uh, you know they had a couple Spider Man VEs. They had Brent. They did. Have have all three Ghostbusters in the line. Okay, mm-hmm. got to play them there. I got to play an LE Premium and a Pro. And uh, they had two pros actually in the line. They had all the current Stern titles. Metallica, Kiss. You know, ACDC was there. The Transformers were there. You know what I didn't see in that line? A Tron. And hmm. um, I'm surprised there's a Transformers because that's uh, really old, yeah. for lack of a better term, in yeah. terms of mo- mo- co- yeah. in, in terms of modern Stern, it's an older one. Yes. Yeah. And they had they had an Avatar. They they had a couple of Mustangs, Brent. So you would have been very mm-hmm. happy there. So still, still love me a Mustang. It, I, I spun the Mustang several times while I was there. Uh, played played them and uh, enjoyed the game quite a bit. Um, and you know, and I'd have to go back and look at the picture to the pictures to really you know get an idea of everything that was there. But you know, by and large, the 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 lineage of modern Stern was well represented in that play area. Okay, and uh, and it was cool because, like I say, you got to play you know got to play a premium, got to play uh, a couple of different pros, got to play in LE. And you know something, Brent? I, I mean, I don't want to, I, I don't want to diss on the L on Ghostbusters LE. I, I'm not meaning to do that when I say this, but I'm going to, I'm just going to say there's a lot of green on that machine, dude. <laughs> there's a lot of green and you know something I'm actually going to go ahead now and refresh my memory. And, here. and, um, you know, man, green just doesn't cut it for me long term. Dark green, lime green, pastel green, neon green doesn't matter. Just don't really like green. And and I'm just that, that game just just on the color package alone. I, I don't think I would be that satisfied with it over the long haul. No, it's you know I know it's the premium you know in in the different art package with with a few upticks on it. But um, man, dude, just a lot of green. You know, I, it would have been it would have been nicer to me if they had chosen maybe um, you know, I, I don't know maybe a, a purple and a blue or some, you know I don't know some something like something that looked more like the proton gr- beams rather mm-hmm. than rather than just slimer green. I just it's just uh, anyway. I, the, the further I talk, the more people are going to hate me over it. So I'm just going to stop <laughs> uh, now. Hate mail to Whitney. Yeah, Whitney at brokentoken.com. Whitney at brokentoken.com. I will answer every piece of hate mail that I get. You know, and I'll do it with a smile. So you know, it's I'm all looking. Good. I'm looking at the the games link on Stern's website uh-huh they've got nine games I, and i assume this means production because I, everything else would probably fall underneath this archive link yeah 
Metallica, Star Trek, Walking Dead, WWE. Oh, they had Walking Dead. They're and WWE. I forgot yeah. about those two. Thank Lo you. Low Nelly, Kiss, Game of Thrones, Spider Man Fall. Ga- Game of Thrones was there as well. And Ghostbusters. Low Nelly was not. And no Mustang. And yeah. Mustang was. Mustangs were there. No, but not in this list. It wasn't Mustang. I wonder why. After. Mustang was well after um metallica right I star think, trek I oh it, yeah definitely i believe it was yeah Dang yeah. It. yeah 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 oh yeah because yeah definitely definitely i'm because i'm thinking about the the timeline when we were last at phoebe smith's and mm-hmm. then co- then co- you know kind of coordinate that with when wwe was released and yeah it, yes definitely yeah because phoebe already had her metallica uh-huh she yeah, did then, she already had the metallica because yep. trent brought a mustang, mustang. and it yep. was new so yep. yes definitely oh all yeah. Right. So 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 anyway. So here here's what's great. John Trudeau is the man, and I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to leave it at that. He's the man because you know what he did for those kids, man. Tell me when. Okay, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> um, it's a lot of use of the word man. I'll, I'll just back to back. So I apologize for that. But when I get when I get animated and excited, did, did that's he, what I did. Did he hand make ice cream? No. Because no. <laughs> if he didn't, I want to be like. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be very. It, it would be. Know, it'd be good to impressed. be like like one of John Trudeau's grandkids at that point. Yeah, you if, know, if John. Yeah. If even if he bust if he were to have pulled out the grill, busted out the hot dogs, and made lunch there. I'd yeah. Be, but if he made ice cream, then he is the man. Otherwise, yeah. I'm not just. I'm gonna whatever. Yeah. No. I. I, I tell you, I'll tell you what he did. <laughs> what did he do? Is he went and uh, went back into quote unquote the office, and he got uh, Grace and Gareth pre-production playfield toys oh, and, ga- and, ga- and gave them to them. And I just thought, I'm telling you, man, I just thought there. I just said it again. I just thought that was just the coolest thing. And I got a picture of Grace and John together with her. She she got a Ghostbuster, a Slimer pre-production mm-hmm. Slimer toy. And she just thought that was the neatest thing, and um, it, was, it, it was just very endearing to me. And you know, I look at that picture, and I'm like, that's what pinball is all yep. about well, right that's, there. That's going to be an awesome cool. family memory yeah, for you it, all. It was, it was great. You know, the kids had a good time. They, they, they really took it in walking through the, the factory, and, and they got to play, you know, and they got to play a lot. And then when we were done, you know what we did? We went out to lunch with John Trudeau. And you know what? That's awesome, too, because it's just not something thing you get to do every day and uh, it, it was great so we had a fantastic like time a fantastic time so that was the morning so then brent you know what we did that afternoon we drove over about 20 25 minutes or so and we went to galloping ghost have you ever been there before? i have not and you know, i was just thinking maybe it's time we try to do uh, another trip up maybe, yeah maybe in conjunction with something else something and, else because man i'm gonna tell you what it deserves another visit i've been to logan a couple times but not to galloping ghost so we went to galloping ghost we stayed there for about three hours and uh, the kids played their heart out, Brent. They played and they played and they played. And I will say this, never once did my daughter or my nephew tell me that they were bored. They had a really good time, okay? And there are a lot of games at Galloping Coast, Brent. I've got pictures. They'll be in the Facebook album or the, you know, the, the album for the trip. Brent, you walk through that place, and it is just wall-to-wall, game after game after game after game after game. I did get to say hi to Doc Mack, and uh, he seems like a very, very nice guy. Didn't get to spend any time talking with him or anything, because he was he was. Did you tell him who busy. you were? Um, no, I did not. Oh, I, that's I just, probably why I didn't throw you out. And that okay, may very well okay. be the case. Good, good, and, good. and so I'm not, I'm not going to bring... <laughs> I got 99 problems, and that don't need to be one of them, you know, as I've said before. But but Doc was Doc was very accommodating. You know, I, I did just, you know, walk up and thank him for 
what he does and you know and he he seemed very very appreciative of that and he didn't blow me off or anything like that and I didn't say my name or you know mention who I was or anything I just thanked him here's one thing I will say about Galloping Ghost they've got they have got a wide variety of games rented and just me walking through the aisles there I saw a lot of games that I have not seen in years and years and years I played a lot of games uh, during that three-hour time period. I played a lot of games, but one thing that I will say that did kind of that did kind of nudge me on it, man. You know, Brent, a lot of the games worked fine, but a lot of the games had a lot of niggling problems with them. You know, whether it just be you know joysticks that weren't exactly right, or you know uh, monitors that the flyback was turned up too high, you know, or you know the monitor needed a cap kit, or or this or that. There was there was just a lot of just little you know just little you know antsy you know two bit kind of problems but when maybe it's just the collector in me you know those things kind of detracted from the enjoyment of the game i'm seeing this now uh i've mentioned these guys a million times already during the show so what difference does another make the rec bar guys Mm -hmm. and i know ants over at zanzibar he faces the same thing yeah there's a huge difference between having a game on eight to twelve hours a day six to seven days a week depending on what your hours are yeah let alone you know being played for a portion of that time yeah versus games that set in your in your basement in your basement yeah there's a huge difference there's a difference and let me tell you the difference is apparent and it's noticeable and it's hard oh see and and that's that's reason why i don't want to take arcade ownership arcade ownership is it's hard and and i'm not taking anything away from him in fact i i want to give him props because the sheer fact that he's doing what he's doing for the hundreds of games that are in there and Brent, i'm not saying there's a hundred games in there i'm saying there's hundreds. several hundreds yeah. of games imagine in there. trying to, to keep that all uh, going it's, it's crazy it's hard enough when i have uh, a get together here yeah because like all my games i was thinking the other day these games haven't been on in weeks and weeks if not months uh-huh i've turned on like adams i had csi on the other night i was playing a little pinball but as a whole the yeah. game room hasn't been on in a long time yeah and just that's bad on them yeah yeah and what it's going to take just to fire everything up and make sure everything's bulletproof just for one night mm-hmm. and then even in that there's always something that fails there's always something that fails yeah, yeah. and i just yeah you're right i mean it's like you you want to talk about a modern day kind of superhero yeah run a business like run, that. run a business and then then you then you you're that you yes. know so so yeah so props to doc uh you know he had he i know he's got a full staff and you know, and, and Brent, I'm sure they're yanking games out of there, fixing them as fast mm-hmm. as they can. You know, I'm not going to say as fast as they break, but as fast as they can. But man, I will say this: they've also got space uh, considerations as well, because Brent, there's not there's not many square inches in that place that are that are going unused. So even just the logistics of yanking something out of a row when it's back to back on something is is a challenge. You know. I appreciate that. Now is he is he quarter play? No, like pla- no, no, no. Or is he just like flat it's, rate? It's flat fee, and then okay. you, then you play. You, you you buy a day is what you do. You walk in, you buy your day, regardless of how many hours are left in the day. You buy your day, uh, and then you play till you're done until you leave. You know, and you That's can cool. you can come back in if you want, but you know it's it's good it's good for the day. So it was uh, it, it was neat, and uh, I took a lot of pictures, a lot of pictures there because. It's the first time I'd been there. I didn't know when I was going to get back, and I just wanted to capture as much of it as I could. Again, check our Facebook page. They're there. 
So the third place that we went while we were there uh, was was Logan. And, uh, you know, Jim Zespi, personal friend of mine, and Jim said, hey, you guys come on down. I'll get you taken care of. And uh, and he did. He did. He he accommodated us, you know, the, the kids and uh, the wives and Philip and I. And it was it was a great time. So one thing I'll say about Jim's place is that it is Brent, you've been there. You've seen it. It is highly curated and it is spotless. And I mean, his place is so clean. It is. It's beautiful. Yes, it is. Yeah, it, it is. It's beautiful. He's done a little bit of rearranging. Um, you know, move move some games around and everything like that. You know, the layout's a little bit different from the last time we were there. But uh, but Brent, the the thing about his games is it's just he's got great games. They all work, and it's uh, the place is immaculate. It feels good. I, I love the decor of the place. It's it's just laid out well. Now, does does he still have the killer queen? You know, he does, about that but, but he, you know what? He moved it to the very back. You know, okay. where, the, you know where the pinball kind of alley is, yes. the pinball room? It's all the way there in, in the very back now, and he's kind of filled in the space up front where killer queen was with some more arcade games, and I'm sure he did that for crowd control. I was almost yeah. going to say the same thing, because when, when that game gets kicking, it you don't, really fills that area. It, it clogs that yeah. area, yeah. And, and so I think he was wise in moving it to the back. Um but you know, uh, Brent, I'd mentioned you know Ghostbusters Premium, and um, you know there was a Ghostbusters Premium there at Logan's, uh, and so I got to play. I think it's a, a test, or you know, a test mule, or you know, a, a, let's say an on-location playtesting game. And um, at this point, that's the only one that I know that's actually out in the wild. Maybe there's others. There very well could be. I'm not sure, but I did get to play that there. But uh, you know something, I'll say this. Um, you know, my family, uh, I was very proud of them, Brent, because, uh, Jackie and Grace hung in and they played games almost the entire time that, that we were there. And, and you know what? Well, the, they were just avoiding you. you know, well, and that's okay. That's all right. Because you know what? Everybody needs a break sometimes. The great thing about the podcast is everybody else gets 29, 29 days, you know, <laughs> but, um, but here's the thing, you know, they played a lot of tapper and, and I, you know, I paid attention and I played with them. You know, they played a lot of tapper. Um, they played some Mad Planets. They played Tempest. Uh, they played some Gyrus, uh, some track and field food fight. My daughter absolutely loved playing Tapper in food fight, which I thought was kind of interesting. She played them over and over now, you and don't over ha- You again. don't have a Tapper, do you? Oh, you do have. I it. do. He yes. does. Okay, I didn't yes, I do. know that. I didn't remember that you had one. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. I got it fairly early on in in the hobby. So, yep, I've got a tapper, and uh, and they, so your but your game room is still kind of in disarray at this point. It, it right? is. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. So it's not it like is. they could go downstairs and say, "I'm going to play tapper." Um, actually, tapper works. Uh, you know, but I they'd have to maneuver through a few things to get to yeah. it. You know, so it, yeah, sad, sad state, but true, and um. And nonetheless, um, you know, they, they played that. They played Food Fight. Lo- absolutely love Food Fight. Uh, the one thing, though, that my wife completely and utterly became consumed by was playing Star Trek Pinball. <laughs> and, uh, and we played that it up ha- in the it front. Happens. Yeah, we played that up in the front room for uh, easily an hour, if not longer. And by me saying an hour, I mean, I mean a solid, well, let's go again. Let's play again. Let's go again. Let's play again. And it was, uh, it was was just uh, just a very fun time now the one thing though brent uh that i will say and my family uh they're troopers man because 
what we were uh, in downtown Chicago before, and I said earlier, we spaced these visits out. So it's not like we went to Stern, then went to Galloping, and then went to Logan's, you know, all in all in one day. Uh, we, we spaced yeah, these out throughout the trip. I could see where that'd be a little bit of overload. It's, it's overload. So so we spaced them out. So we were down, uh, we, were, we were in downtown, kind of off to the side of downtown at Navy Pier. Anybody who's spending time in Chicago, you know, kind of knows, knows where I'm talking about when I mentioned that. It's where they had the big Ferris wheel and a lot of the shops, the big IMAX theater and everything like that. So what we did is we walked from Navy Pier back up into downtown, which doesn't really take all that long. And we hopped on the red line, hopped on the L, uh, the red line, and we rode out to... Um, we, we rode out to, let's see, what is Fullerton? And uh, we hopped off at the L at Fullerton. Now, that was, uh, in retrospect, that probably wasn't the closest, the, the best way to go to get to Zespies. But what I will say that we wound up doing, all of us and everybody was a trooper. Dude, we walked like a little over two miles <laughs> from, uh, from, from the L stop up to Logan's. And, uh, and, and you know, it, it was funny because Philip had not been there. Um, the kids had not been there. Uh, Philip's wife had not been there. And of course, Jackie hadn't been there in several, several years. And they were all saying, Jackie kind of had my back on this, but she was getting a little exasperated due to the length of the walk. But they were saying, man, Whitney, this is better be worth it. This is better be worth it. <laughs> and uh, the pressure's on. Yeah, and the pressure was on. But what I will tell you is Jim Zespi does not disappoint. And, uh, and it was funny because Philip's wife told me, she's like, you know, the walk was kind of brutal, but this place is awesome. And I'm like, it <laughs> please, really, it please really Please tell yes. me you took a cab or something back. Yeah, you know what? All we had to do was walk back down and catch the blue line, and it only took like twenty minutes oh, to walk so, back. So it, it was, was a closer it, station. It was a much closer oh, okay. station. Yeah, but in, but we were on the red line. So what we what we would have had to do is ride all the way back into into the city, do a transfer, and then transfer over to the blue line, and then go back out. And um, and man, for where we were at, our phones were almost dead. I, I almost had to look at the map before my phone died and then do the rest of it by memory so i'm like i know if i ride the red line to fullerton we can walk up to zespies i just didn't realize how far it was but it worked out we got good exercise in and man we ate at this killer mexican restaurant right at right just around the corner from jim zespies for supper and everybody had a really really good time so you know it was one of those kind of things we'll laugh about now we'll look back on it and say you know it's oh remember when whitney did that when he didn't use turn by turn when we were in Cincinnati oh, yes, and, yes. yeah and we were yeah, in the I was truck hold, riding I'm around her holding my tongue yeah. because you know I think I would have hoped at this point in your own marriage Shaki would know not to let you like navigate with without some assistance yes, yes, yeah yes, exactly yes. but it, you know what it all worked out so you know Brent, you got to own these things man that's <laughs> that's the only thing I can say so so that was the trip to Seattle so anyway if I can um I'm sorry the trip to Chicago so if I can put if I can sum up my time on the road uh, you know, I did spend some time in C- uh, Cincinnati. That was work. Atlanta. That was that was personal. Some personal. Some work wrapped together. But what the one thing I was thinking about, you know, about my time on the road is uh, Willie Nelson was my co-pilot, Brent. And uh, you know, just being on the road and uh, just thinking about, you know, just yeah, from here to there and there to here and everything else. It's <laughs> it's like a way I could sum it up. But yeah, Willie Nelson was my co-pilot. So it was uh, it, it was it was a lot of fun. Outside of that, Brent, you know, from from the game room perspective, man, I did take some time over the past uh, since the past episode, and you and I were, had talked about the red tent that I picked up. 
I did go through and inventory all of my Nintendo versus uh, items Ch- that I've chipsets got, and chipsets like. and, and everything like that. I've got all that stuff in a box now. Got it all uh, organized here in my OneNote. So that was kind of cool. It was See, nice I've got everything to... in a box. That's so I know where the box is. I have no idea anymore what's in it. Yeah. Well, I did yeah. take the, I did take the time. Um, you know, I'll shoot it to you an email. You know, everything that I've got. I'd, I'd be kind of interested to see what you have. But I was able to get all my hands on my hand, all my hands, my hands on <laughs> on, on all my daughter cards, all my PPUs, all my CPUs, all my ROM sets, and everything, and just and just get it all down on paper, so to speak, in my OneNote. So now I've got it. Um, let's see. The other thing, uh, I did have some some Donkey Kong board stacks. I had them repaired by Adam uh, Korchesny. Korchesny? Korchez- yeah, I think I'm going to go with Korchesny. I'm going to go with Korchesny from One Circuit. Adam's a, Adam's a good guy. I, I had talked to him uh, off and on over the past couple of months, and I wound up uh, sending him uh, one box that had three... Uh, two board stacks in it and you know what Brent it's cool when he does the repairs he does a video shows mm-hmm. you what he fixed and everything like that and I'll tell you what that what that has done is uh, it did cause me to buy the logic probe that you talked about last mm-hmm. month and uh, and I'm definitely going to uh, force myself to dabble more into board repair o- over time so it, it was neat uh, you know Adam he worked with me very well he was very fair on the prices I cannot complain at all um, and you know what? He covers the shipping back to you when, oh, wow. when, when you do a board repair. Uh, you pay to ship it to him, and then he pays to ship it back to you, which I thought was uh, was actually very nice. And uh, he was just very approachable. And uh, and Brent, he did say he was listening to the show, and uh, he, he said, uh, you know, he said he appreciates you know the format of the show and how we keep it and how we run it, family friendly and all that. And, and he must have a lot of time. And he does have a lot of time, <laughs> I, I do suppose. So so that was neat. But yeah, I, I, I'll have a link in the show notes to the board to the youtube video that he did when he repaired my three board stacks and uh it's it's awesome to go through and see how oh, yeah, he, how he whittles him. everything yep. down and uh and man you know he's got a fluke and he just looks like he's really set up well and, and he's he's very skilled at it so it was it was uh yeah you know i mean sure you're going to spend some money but you know i did get the boards working and it did uh it did kind of get me into that uh, i guess kind of you know just kind of dunk me into that pool a little bit so yeah there's there's some there's definitely some some good to come out of that um let's see outside of that um i I pulled a couple pieces off my acdc and sent them out to a modfather pinball to have them painted which uh, you get on pin side and look up modfather he's he does some awesome awesome paint work and uh and he he specializes in some parts off of acdc so i have some before and after pictures of that once i get those back he's very affordable so that that was kind of cool uh, to be able to finally get that done. And then outside of that, Brent, just to wrap it up, I reorganized on my workroom. I, uh, I installed a couple, uh, I installed a couple new bookcases, one set of gorilla shelves. Uh, if you, if ever the listeners know what those are, the kind of bang together shelves that have the plastic, um, you know, the, it, they're the powder coated metal frames with the plastic, with the plastic shelf liners in them. And you can, you can hammer them together with a, you're giving me a look like you don't know yeah, what I'm they not are. Sure. Okay. I'll put a link in the show notes. You can get them at a Sam's Club or Costco. They're not like the wire. Are they the wire shelves? No, the, no, no, no. They're they're far okay. tougher than that. So they're not the wireframe shelves. These are when you said bang together because you know what I'm talking about the wireframe shelves and the and the ends on the corners of the shelves. They've got like a, a, a sleeve, conical uh, sleeve. No, no, no. These are not the sleeve. Okay. What these are, they 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 have. 
um, their their angle iron or their angle metal with with little holes in them, like little donut holes in them, and then the the long side of the shelves and the sort the short side of the shelves have like a little rivet. Okay, and what you do is you hook the you hook the little oh, rivet into I the think hole. I know what you're talking and about. And then you then you beat on it with a rubber mallet and secure to it, it. Is, to seat it, and then you can adjust the okay, shelves I, after you've got everything kind of whacked together. Is so that to speak. is that the type of shelf like I have back here? in the storage room so, some, oh, okay. somewhat, I just didn't yeah. know by that name yeah okay. yeah so they're called gorilla shells because that's the brand I think that's popularized oh, them okay. and it made them widely available oh, and, okay. uh, and so I put up a new set of those and I put up a couple of bookcases uh, on top of each other uh, used a couple of bolts to secure them and because Brent I, I just had some stuff on the floor that I got tired of walking around and it's like you know, so to do some reorganization, uh, I did move my work, uh, my workbench area around my desk where I do like all my monitor work and everything like that. And then, man, uh, the only other thing is uh, I did uh, make some space for a new file cabinet and I put all my console stuff in it. So it's pretty sweet. I, you know, you can see pictures of that there. I think I got them in the show notes and, you know, where I've got like some Atari carts and, you know, Nintendo carts and everything like that. I'm sorry. So, so I'm just trying to do some general I'm sorry I'm ignoring you because I'm looking at the Mod Father's website site and things he has for Adam's family that's, and Ghostbusters. See, and that's the reason why I wanted to uh, wanted to bring that up. So you need to take a look. And uh, you've got an Adam's family. Do you see the job that he does on, on Things Hand? Yes. That thing's beautiful. And Fester's chair. I mean, and dude, look at the price. He's not he's not no, expensive on at, that at all. I'm looking at these laser cut plastics that go over the, the lane guides that look like um, they're kind of green. I know you're talking about too much green, but I think yeah. this would be just enough uh on on the play field because the play field's got a lot of blues and purples and reds and yellows and but it's like slimer like a little slime thing that goes over the the their lane guides down by the flippers yeah, yeah. it's 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 neat stuff i mean he he does good work and i've talked to him over the i'd say over the past six weeks or so via you know just mail on pin side very easy guy to work with and what i wound up sending was uh, i wound up sending him three things brent uh, I did find a uh, a premium ACD a train a premium train so you can take a look at you know what the work he does on the on the trains on his website. I was able to find a premium train uh, several months back, I, and um, I did have uh, some time to take my Hell's Bells off of the play field, and then the little timber piece that goes over top of the bell, okay? Mm-hmm. And so I, I had been holding on to uh, those for when I could just get some time to pull the bell off the play field, and I did that a couple weeks back and just put all three in a box and sent them to him, and he's going to paint them for oh, me. Cool. So And they, they're going to look so awesome when they come back. And, you know, Brent, I don't have the time or the, or the the skill to do that and even if i had the time and the skill i don't even know if, if that's what i'd want to do you know so he's uh he's good it's just modfatherpinball.com and uh go there and spend some money because you'll don't you'll, spend you'll, my you'll, money no don't spend brent spend yours, <laughs> spend yours in this case yeah, yes spend your own in this case but the great thing about it is you know you're going to get something for your money and, it, and it's something you're going to see every time you play the game and it's going to put it's going to in my mind it further enhances the enjoyment of the game so so that's it brent uh the very long-winded way of saying i worked on nothing I did nothing, but I went everywhere. <laughs> but you were everywhere. But I was everywhere. How about that? <laughs> that sounds fabulous, yes, Whitney. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, so how about this? Earlier, I talked a little bit about uh, some rejuvenators, and and uh, I made mention that you know I we talk about it a little further in the episode. Yeah. So let's uh, let's spin ourselves over into the tech section, and we'll, let's talk a little bit about CRT rejuvenators. Yeah, yeah. This, this talk, is going to be fun. Yeah, we've talked a lot of pinball talk here. Let's let's get into a little video game yeah, stuff. Yeah, sounds like a plan, man. 
So earlier in the show, I talked a little bit about the CRT rejuvenator that's on my bench. And I'm a Syncor guy. You know, there seems to be kind of maybe two different basic camps when it comes to CRT rejuvenators. Yeah, I've I've become a Syncor guy. Have you? Yes, definitely. Okay. So first off, what is a CRT rejuvenator? And this this is probably going to be somewhat of a known concept to the video game folks. Yeah. And, you know, really, if you want to get technical, it comes into play on pinball if you've got a pin 2000 because there's a CRT monitor or, ba- least, or a baby pack, man. Oh yeah, exactly. Or a baby pack, grain in the gators. <laughs> one of those, yeah. yeah uh, I, there was one of those at Sevierville and I played that game yeah, and I know, yeah, well, yeah, don't tell me you like it. I, that's a polarizing game like kicks and no, I do not like it. <laughs> See, uh, it looks beautiful, but exactly. I just don't like the it's game. It's not for me, man. There was it's a nice not, one. Yeah. No, it was not come it was not destined to come home with yeah. Mr. Griffith. Yeah, I understand that. So CRT rejuvenators. If it would have, I would have come across that table and just wore you out, man. It's like, what are you doing? We've you can't threatened do each this. other a lot on this show. We eh? have. We, I, I, you know what, Brent? I think we feel very passionate about our positions on this show, don't we? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll just leave it at there's, It's all in good fun. We just feel very passionate about our positions. There's no soft, mushy positions <laughs> no, here. No, 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 yes. no, no, none at all. So it, the video guys, they're probably more or less familiar with the concept of a CRT rejuvenator. Yeah. What are they? Well, primarily they're, they're devices. We use them for rejuvenation. All right. We use them to bring some life back to the, the CRT, the guns and the CRT, the red, green, blue guns and the CRT. Their main role in life, actually, at least in my opinion, is a tester. And the rejuvenation side is kind of like secondary. They're primarily a, a measurement tool uh, used really actually back in the day at TV repair shops, TV technicians, uh, to basically let's look at the health of the CRT. They're used to measure the emissions of the guns, see if the guns are balanced, see if one's weaker than another. I'm a Syncor guy. I don't know if B&K does this. Some can actually, I guess, and it, it, we're going we're gonna to stay very simple here. So I'm just going to go with stress the gun basically to simulate real world use to see if its emissions hold up in that situation. Okay. The flip side of kind of their functionality of these tools is the rejuvenation function. And the arcade community, we use that quite often because, let's just face it, a lot of our game tubes are absolutely beat. Mm -hmm. They are used how many hours of runtime do you right. think they have on them i mean if they, I mean, if they, had, if they had a meter it, it, it would be turning like a fan you know yeah so, yeah they, they are used far and above uh the more than a, a tv mm-hmm. uh, of the day okay so that's why you can go and do like a tube swap out of a television you pull the tube out of a tv and it is absolutely beautiful if you think about it if even if you watch TV, your family watched TV every night, starting with what time? What time was the news, Whitney? Five or six? Let's say six. six was it six, six o'clock? Six news? o'clock. Six yeah. and eleven. Six o'clock news. Okay. Yeah. So even if you started with a six o'clock news and you watched all the way through through Carson, you know when Johnny Carson was on after the eleven o'clock news, that runtime is nothing compared to what the Pac Man down at the corner got. Absolutely nothing. And every image. Every, every split second of that runtime was different. 
you know, Pac-Man, we all know what it does to monitors. Games, you know, with with mazes or repetitive images, we know it burns those tubes in. It really exercises the guns in the, in the back of the tube. The rejuvenation function comes in as a way to literally burn off any trash or scale that has built up on those CRT guns, those emitters that are back in the neck of the tube due to that heavy use that is generally evident by the burn that's in the phosphor as we look at the tube. You know, mm-hmm. if the phosphor's burned that much, the emitter, the guns in the back, they, they've got a lot of use on them. Oh, they, they have because they're they're right there hammering on the phosphors, you know, every minute of every day that it's on. So, yeah. Right. So, how does it carry how does it do this function what what happens here basically a rejuvenator will uh for lack of a better term kind of slightly and i say this just because i don't want it to sound alarming it will overcurrent. it's <laughs> not like it don't 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 say it strong Brent. i'll get scared no okay? no no, no, no. Yeah. we're just scared yeah it, it's not like it turns the thing into like a little like uh a, f- a floor heater you yeah. know but it will overcurrent. It'll send a little bit more current through those guns than they're intended to have and basically turn them into small little heaters and physically burn off any of this excess trash. So yeah. if you've got a monitor uh, or tube rather, because this, this is just something that, that focuses on the tube itself. If you've got a tube that's got a lot of use on it and the picture's kind of dim, it takes some time before it, you know, remember the days when the TV had to warm up? Warm up, yeah. Well, if those warm-up periods are getting longer and longer, those are, you know, and you're having to turn the color drives up, you're having to turn the brightness up, you know, pretty high, maybe close to, if not pegging the the potentiometer out. Mm -hmm. Those are signs that you need or should look at testing and then potentially rejuvenating the tube. So I think a, a good question at this point, I'll, I'll pose this because I'm sure some people may be, may be wondering about this. How, how do the guns get dirty? Where does the dirt come from? And where does the dirt go when it's burned off? Okay. And, and you know, this is running in a vacuum. How did anything get in there to begin with? And where does it go? Yes, it is a vacuum. But at the at the end of the day, it's never a perfect vacuum. Exactly. I mean, it's yeah. sealed, but there is going to be impurities in there uh, to some degree. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And it's going to end up landing on and more or less cooking into the 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 filaments, the yeah. emitters that are those guns. Yeah. And, and, and you know, yes, it was a vacuum was pulled, but air air's still going to get in there's still there's still a time where dust whatever you know whatever part particulate was there is, is going to get in i don't think that i think it's fair to say that back in the 70s quality control was not what it would have been today uh, and the technology wasn't there to yeah. perhaps pull uh, as good of a vacuum and seal it like mm-hmm. you could today like you could today that's right uh, but looking back to a television mm-hmm. i mean how many old 70s and 80s vintage televisions have you picked up and stuck an Atari or an NES on, and they are gorgeous. Oh, and they're still, and they're still, yeah, they're they're beautiful. Yes, so uh, uh, quite a bit actually. So the quality was there for the yeah. original intent, uh-huh. and just in the rigors of the arcade cabinet, that's when you know any of those weaknesses start to show. I that's mean, when they were out of spec. Right. Literally, they they run out of spec over time. Right. So yeah. 
So this brings us to the wonderful world of CRT testers slash rejuvenators. And, you know, a lot of folks you'll see on Clove or other forums and even Facebook at this point, hey, you know, my uh, I've, I just recapped the monitor, but it takes 10 minutes to warm up. I've got uh, my flyback turned all the way up. Um, I'm having uh, real issues getting blue. I've got blue, but not a lot of blue. That's when you need to pull out your tester slash rejuvenator, check the state of the tube, and then you know possibly do the rejuvenation. Now, so real quick here, I mentioned that basically the rejuvenation function overcurrents the guns and turns them into mini little heaters. And the intention is is to blow off, burn off any of that trash and scale that has has landed on the filament. Whitney, you asked where it goes. If it's something physical to be that will come off, it's going to land in the bottom of the tube. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and you and if you look closely, well, I, I asked the question on purpose, but yeah. if you were to look closely, you can see from time to time little black specks laying in the very bottom of the you know the very bottom portion of the of that of the neck of, of the, the tube neck. right where the you know right where the, the you know the the filament element portion of the gun of the gun wires actually are so yeah I, I always look for that because i'm wondering it's like I mean, I wonder if this thing's been shot before. Or I wonder if anything's fallen off or just, you know, how much runtime this thing may have. I don't think it's a very good gauge, but it's it's at least something to be aware of. Speaking of if it's been shot before, if it's been rejuvenated before, uh-huh. there's always the commentary that, that goes along with any rejuvenator thread on pretty much any forum <laughs> that I've ever seen that says, yeah. you just don't want to go doing this willy-nilly because it shortens the life of the tube. Yeah, And yeah. I, I can understand that because... To a degree, you are stressing the the guns. Mm-hmm. I will, however, say that every monitor that I rebuild, uh, like it's in my game room for my games, they all get they all get rejuvenated. Even yeah. if they're in wonderful condition, yeah. The Sin Core that I like to use has several levels. You know, okay, I'm just going to kind of give you a little all the way to. I'm going to take a baseball bat and beat the snot out of you, <laughs> yeah. gangster style. Yeah. And I'll, even if it's just at the lowest level, I'll always, for lack of a better term, touch up the guns Uh and just kind of make sure they're nice and clean. Yeah. I have in a home setting never had an issue and, and I've got games that I did that to six, seven, eight years ago yeah. at this point. It is, and here's where here's what I would say is I use the rejuvenator in much the same way as you do, Brent. I will use it as a gauge, a test gauge for me to see the overall condition of the tube as well. Mm-hmm. And I will do that. Um, you know, I, I'll do that before I start working on the game. I'll do that, uh, you know, again, after I cap it just to just to see, you know, just to get, uh, you know, just I guess reestablish a baseline so to speak and all of my monitors i do the same thing to them as well i'll just give them just a little uh you know just a little love just i just you know give them a little hug man you know from when it comes to that (laughs) and uh you know just just help them feel the love a bit because you're right um it's in in a, in a home condition they're not going to see the runtime and it does tend to make a difference and even if nothing else I take a picture of the rejuvenator when the tube is running and I keep it in my little one note with the, with my little file on the game so that I can go back and pull it up and understand what the condition of the tube was without having to, you know, you're, take the back off of it and everything like you that. You are in deep. Mm-hmm. You're in real deep. Yeah. I thought I was particular. Yeah. No, I'm very anal. Don't ever tell anybody else that story. Yeah, I won't. 
<laughs> but you know what? I am with kindred spirit here on this podcast. So yes, I'm sure I'm sure everybody everybody's saying, you know what? That's actually a pretty good idea. And it's like, yeah, it's not a bad idea, man. Seriously. <laughs> See, now you're just giving me something else to obsess over. Yeah, sorry about that, man. Uh, a couple quick uh, tips while I'm thinking of it. We'll get into this, the, the, the features and functions of, of the different types here in a second. But just generally, like when you're doing your rejuvenation, Whitney, you'd asked about where does that trash go? I don't like to really do a game that's in a cabinet where the neck faces down, like say a Pac-Man cabinet, because if you bring up a very good point, if you've got a heavy used, a heavily used tube, when you hit the rejuvenate button and if you have to really wallop it, you can see it almost looks like a mini firework show. You can see it literally sizzling and sparking and uh, what ends up happening is, is if you've got any any just trash that comes off of the uh, of the the guns, it can settle in the bottom of the neck, and it's kind of right there, all in that same space. So I generally shy away from doing them in the cabinet if the neck is down. Generally, where I'm going to do them is if the neck is ho- uh, horizontal to the floor, or per- uh, parallel to the floor rather, uh, kind of like as if the the monitor was setting on your bench, and I feel okay with that. If they're really burned, I'll even have the tube out and I'll put it like face down, screen down, neck straight up in the air on a towel so that anything that I shoot will fall down into the face of the monitor. And then when I set the monitor back up, it'll fall down at the very, like the lower edge where it's completely out of the way of anything and won't bother, yeah. you know, basically bother anything. Yeah. So, and then, no, that's, I mean, that's, a, that's good advice, really. I mean, when you think about it, it's, it's probably a little uh, more one step, two step than people yeah. would normally think about doing, but it makes perfect sense when you think about it. Now, and, and also while I'm thinking of it as well, we talked a, a little bit about the, the kind of common feeling that you're shortening the life of the monitor. I've had some monitors that were burned just unbelievably bad just like multiple games you could see where it had run long long periods of times for two and maybe three different games and though the shadows of those games were in the tube yeah and i have had to take out the proverbial baseball bat and just beat them to death just to get something on them uh-huh uh, i've actually had folks where i've I don't think I've had a monitor that I've used in any of my games or any games I've sold like that, but I've had folks ask me to use my rejuvenator on monitors like that. Yeah. And surprisingly enough, I have never damaged a tube. So like a tube like that would come to me and it would work just, it would have really washed out colors and take forever to, and I'm making my air quotes warm up Uh before you got an image. Yeah. I have made it better, but I have never had at least one of my rejuvenators overdo it and render the tube unusable. Yeah. Well, I would say the, the only, the, the only interesting point that I would add to that is in, in, like I say, Brent, I've used, used my rejuvenator on, on my monitors as well. I did have one Sanyo tube that, um, you know, after, after being capped, uh, you know, the, the chassis was solid, the, you know, the game fired or the monitor fired up no problem at all. And I noticed this before I capped it. And, uh, and then after capping it as well, 
uh, you know, just, just, you know, just shotgunning it and everything. But the tube itself would, when it turned on, it would have decent color, but then the longer it ran, the more washed out the colors would get. And I put the tube on the rejuvenator and watched the meters. And it was interesting because the guns would test okay as soon as you powered it on. But if you left it on for any length of time, let's say maybe over three to four minutes, slowly but surely, the gun meters would go to bad. Okay. Interesting. And and uh, so I would hit it. It would pull the it would pull the guns back to good for maybe let's say I'm just parenthetically saying this because it's been a couple of years since I since I worked on that particular monitor. Uh, it it pulled the gun meters back to good, but then over time they would settle back down to bad. And Brent, it didn't it, no amount of rejuvenating and and me just literally standing on the button at maximum power would fix that particular tube. So that that tube had problems going in. That prob- that tube yeah. had problems. Going in, and you want to know what's sad about it? It was one of the most beautiful burn free Sanyo 20 EZs I've ever seen. I mean, absolutely beautiful, and it would not, the, the guns would not hold. Yeah, so it's, it's it's kind of sad. I've still got the tube, I haven't thrown it away, but it's use, it's truly useful for nothing. Here's a, a related side note you know, back in the day, yeah, there used to be companies, and there was one here in Louisville that would rebuild tubes. Wow. I, you know something, if I, if I could ever get that service done, this tube would be a donor because Brent, I'm telling you, it is 100% absolutely beautiful burn free tube. I, I've got a tube out in the garage. The and phosphors are the beautiful, most beautiful green. Now, you know, it doesn't look burnt I, at all. Yeah. You know, you gotta remember this is back when, um, everything was CRT yeah. long before LCD. Yeah. And, you know, the, uh, the, the tube was a high dollar piece. If, if you've ever seen videos and complex piece yes. too. Yeah. If you've ever seen videos on how a CRT was made, there is a lot of machine steps. There's a lot of process to not only form the it's glass. It's not trivial no, by any means. Not at all. Not at all. To, to get the phosphor in it, to get the shadow. Mass. This is well outside of the scope of the conversation, but yes, there were actually, there actually was companies that had tools that would cut the neck off of a tube and you know what you were doing here is you, you they would rebuild it and that they could replace the guns yeah yep. so they would cut the neck off the tube they could replace the entire gun and screen assembly and then redraw a vacuum on it they couldn't recoat the phosphor because there's other stuff in there that you know go out and google uh uh how crt works and yeah. you can see what is actually in the CRT and how it functions. So, you know, it it pretty much the only thing, unless you cut it open at that point, you might as well just make a whole nother tube. Uh, Pretty much the only thing you could really service with this process was the guns. So that, you know, back in the day you would take that tube and it would be much cheaper for you to send that off to a company and have them cut the neck off, put a new set of guns in it and then redraw a vacuum and, and seal the neck back up. Yeah. Gotcha. But somewhere, somewhere around here, I've actually got a tube that's got a sticker from where uh, it was rebuilt here in town. Hmm. You know, well, I I know those days are long gone. And so the Sanyo, my, my beautiful Sanyo will never see that service, but it's a shame because it's the perfect candidate for it actually. So, okay. So let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the rejuvenators themselves. And uh, let me throw this out here real quick as well. I mentioned that, you know, back in the day that in my opinion, these were basically testers to test the tube themselves. And then as a secondary function, they did the rejuvenation. Well, there's also, at least in some of the, the rejuvenators, 
a tertiary function, which is a short removal. So what can happen is, is some of that, that aforementioned trash and some of that uh, just stuff, if you will, that was left as part of uh, the construction process, things that weren't actually able to be completely removed, you could actually end up with a an electrical short between various components within the neck of the tube, whether it be the gun to a control screen or, you know, various things. The rejuvenator, and I'm not sure if this is universal, but uh, I know the Syncors will do it, at least the Syncor I use, it had various tests to say, okay, you do or do not have a short between component A and component B. And depending on the short type, they could blow that short, literally blow that short open so that you could remove the short. And a lot of times what would happen is, is you would get like a short to a screen that was used for, say, to control um, uh, the maybe your brightness. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. you, you might short your bright, the equivalent, the brightness. I'm trying not to get super deep here, but you may end up just like the entire monitor saturated and like you can't turn the brightness down or the entire monitor saturated in one color. And what was happening is, is that short is shunting current from one place to another and it's overdriving, say a gun or it's yeah. overdriving something else. And that's internal to the tube. That's no, internal no, to nothing, the tube. Nothing leading up to the input to the gun. Correct. It's internal Correct. to the tube. Yeah. So, uh, at least the Syncores, the ones that I use have the ability to detect the major short types uh-huh. and then generally work to blow literally blow those away yeah. and 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 bring your two back to a to a working condition so now rejuvenators there are a blue million types of rejuvenators <laughs> and that's that's i think the harder thing yes. for somebody just getting into the hobby to get their hands around because you know, we're going to cover two major manufacturers here, and there are some sub some sub models within that manufacturing yep. line. But uh, but yeah, it, it can be a little daunting. I, I think I'm going to reserve a couple comments at the very mm-hmm. end. Uh, you know, once you fly through the models, because I, I've got some input because I've used a few of them over the years, and I've uh, I've arrived at uh, it, it uh, you know one that I like the best actually. Cool. Yeah. So you've got to remember that this was a tool that was rather common in the industry back in the day. Um, there was a time when every city had, or they had to have a TV repair shop. Oh, yeah. Larger cities had multiple TV repair shops. So you had all these manufacturers, all these tool manufacturers building what they felt was the best of breed tool in all of these spaces so the two manufacturers that that the arcade community tends to focus on is b and k and syncor yeah and the way reason i mention all this is if you go out into ebay uh or your favorite auction site or wherever and you put in crt rejuvenator or crt tester you will see just this litany of of devices and you know some of them they may be from Syncor and they may be from B and K, but they may be so outdated that they're not going to touch anything. That's not a, that's not a black and white tube. Yeah, exactly. From right. the fifties. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And you're going to see this myriad of other manufacturers. I've got a couple other rejuvenators around here that, that I've picked up one. I got at a thrift store. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one, there's a gentleman in town gave me 
And it, I think it's a, a, a Heath kit. Yeah. You know, Heath kit yeah. is a, is a well-known name in the electronics industry from back in the day. They made a, a lot of kits to learn electronics and a lot of tools and kit form that yeah. you, you assembled, uh, the hero robot. Yeah. If anyone remembers the hero one, that was a Heath kit, uh, product. So there are tons of these out there, but so you did Heathkit, you could actually build your own TV with it. Yes, and it's home stereos yes. and everything. They yes. were huge. Huge. The arcade community tends to focus on a handful of units from B&K and Syncor, and it's units that are new enough to cover your monitor needs for your arcade games and were readily available. So, you know, even today you can go out on eBay and find them. Now you're going to pay though. That That's the only yes. thing. I, here, and here's one thing I will add. I have noted, Brent, over the years that um, the pricing on, the eBay pricing on rejuvenators has gone through the freaking mm-hmm. roof, man, over the past, let's say, three years. Okay. Because I have two rejuvenators at, at my house right now. I know what I paid for them. And I didn't pay anywhere near what they cost today. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane sauce is what it is. Well, I just getting ready for this. I was looking at, at one of the common B and K units. Yeah. And I remember when they were 60, $50 on eBay. Yep. I haven't looked for one in a while. The, the, the lowest one that I have seen that sold was like 150 bucks yeah now and i'm not saying you can't find a deal you know if you're oh if, yeah if you're in the market uh just set up some searches and just yeah. and just look you know i, I saw well, let's just get into the models yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, make more that, sense. that's okay. fine because i think where, where yeah. i want to go is towards the end of the yeah. model discussion because yeah there's there's some salient points there so yeah okay go, go ahead go ahead so on the b and k side the kind of the one that everybody talks about is a model 467. Yep. Okay. That seems to be, at least in my opinion, the gold standard, the gold standard. That's it. There are several models that are compatible. And let me mention the models. Then I'll tell you what I mean by compatible. So you got the 467, the 470, 480, 490. And then Whitney, correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's a 490 B. Yeah, well, I'll I'll talk about that in okay. a second. Let's let's pretend it doesn't exist until until we get to it. Okay, How it's about the that? unicorn. Yeah, it's it is the unicorn. unicorn. Yeah. So here's the thing about the B and K, and I'm going to paint with a really really broad brush here. All right. Like I said, I, I, this is more of a a, a basic informational type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I encourage everyone to do a little research. And I really encourage everyone to look at this because if you've got any number of games, man, you need one. You need one. <laughs> I don't know how many posts, uh, even as recently as in the past couple of weeks, where I've I've seen folks. Hey, is, does anybody in such and such city have a rejuvenator? And, and, and I and I yeah. see that, and I'm like, why? Why? What? Just what, why? They are out there. They're out there. They're you out can get there. them. You yeah. don't need to borrow. You can get. So yeah. So, so here's here's the thing about the B and K units. The B and K units have adapters that plug into the unit that uh, adapts the unit to the t- specific tube. Now, the adapter serves two functions. It's a physical connection to the tube, and it sets the pin out to match the tube. Okay? So B&K has a setup guide, and actually the setup guides are available online in PDF form. Uh, we'll have some links out in the show notes. You look your tube number up, not your monitor. You don't <laughs> yeah, care that it's a GO7. Care. No, you don't. You look up the tube number that's on the sticker on the side of the tube, and you say, okay, I need adapter X. Yeah. 
So you look at it, get grab adapter X, you plug it in. Uh, then you plug the uh, adapter into the tube and away you go. So B&K has, I don't know how many adapters. Yeah, And it powers the tube. That's the thing oh, to yeah, be yeah, aware yeah. of. It, you know, it, it powers the tube. It's the physical connection between the, the tester rejuvenator and the tube. Yes. So it, it it provides the power. It provides your connection to all your guns uh-huh. so that you can you can test them and then that you can do your rejuvenation if you feel, yeah. ne- if you feel because, necessary. Because the monitor just, just, I think this is a salient point Yeah, here. you're not using the chassis. The monitor chassis is completely out of out of the loop when you're yes. when you're working with rejuvenator. You don't you unhook the yoke you know the the neck board from the monitor and replace the neck board with That's the a good point, with, with a connector from the rejuvenator. And at that point, you don't even need the the monitor chassis to be even be plugged up. You know, actually, you're probably safer if it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So from an arcade perspective, you can get by with a handful of the adapters. But you have to have the adapters, okay? So they're real quick. There's a the most common one is a CR twenty three, and that is going to take care of pretty much all of your nineteen inch arcade raster tubes, and it even works on the Amplifone vector monitors, okay? The Wells Gardner sixty one hundred vector monitor, you got to have a CR twenty four for that one. So that's one adapter to t- handle that one monitor your 13 inch uh, raster tubes most of those are going to be handled by a cr31 and then uh, pretty much all your black and white tubes are going to be a cr6 yeah yep all right so that's only four and really if you if you've just got like 19 inch and really honestly a lot of your 25 inch more modern yeah color raster games you could really boil it down to that cr23 they haven't produced that in decades. Yeah. So you either need to get it with, you know, with the rejuvenator when you buy it, mm-hmm. you need to buy it, find it and buy it separately. And then sometimes folks, you you can make it. Yeah, you can. And then sometimes folks will actually make runs of them like out on, on cloth and exactly offer right. them. Yeah, you're right. Now, here's one thing I will say. If you do go down the B&K route. Uh, the way that that the way that that connector hooks up is uh, out of the B and K out of the little suitcase that you know this the I guess little the carry sh- case the, the carry case or the shell that the B and K sits in. It'll have one. Uh, cons- think of it as almost like an extension cord. It has you know the 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 input cord to the to the adapter is uh, is just a single cord, and then you swap the uh, you swap the CR adapters out, mm-hmm. and so they you know it, it has like a little I think like maybe a four or a four or five pin connector and you swap them out but the thing about it is is if you watch ebay you can find nos new old stock b and k adapters they'll pop up every now and again and you can usually pick up each adapter for under thirty dollars that's what i that's what i have watched i do exactly what you said brent is i have save searches set mm-hmm. up and it, it's interesting because i will not see b and k adapters for four months or five months or six months and then all of a sudden one day somebody finds comes a stash a, finds a stash and every b and k adapter will be listed for a week and yes it may cost you 150 bucks to buy them all but you can get them all if you need them mm-hmm. you know you just got to keep an eye 
that. And, and sometimes you get lucky, you know, you're sometimes yeah. you get a piece of equipment that come out of a, a service center or something. May, maybe someone bought out the, you know, the remnants of someone's basement whose grandfather was a TV repair technician and they realize that, oh, this goes with that. Yeah. And they'll offer two or three adapters in an auction. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, they, they were thrown in the uh, in the kit, in the in the little suitcase deal. And yeah. they're there. And they're there. And, and you get lucky and you get a CR23. Yeah. So, yeah. The, uh, the, like Whitney mentioned, the gold standard is the 467, the BNK 467. And again, all these BNKs that we mentioned, they're modern enough that they will work with the CR series of adapters and the readily available setup guide that, that you can find online that you can just download. Yeah. And, capture you know they they encompass your arcade monitor so that's mm-hmm. basically kind of what you need if you're going to have a, a good size game room and you plan on doing your own monitor repair yeah uh, the w- one thing i will say that you're right the 467 seems to be the gold standard i'll say the 490 is probably the second gold standard mm-hmm. because it's the it's the last of the universal models that were made so it's if you're looking for the one that's the most recently produced it would be the 490 um the, i did mention the 490b don't buy it if you ever find it don't buy it you may say oh the 490b sounds better than the 490 just just don't because it uses a completely separate set of adapters oh, that, okay. that are not pin compatible with the adapters in the 467 through the 490 uh, the best is I, that i can figure is the 490b was done at the very end of bnk's production run and uh the, the 490b has a lot more functionality as far as I even see a serial port on there, Whitney. Yeah, it does. It does. It has a serial port on it too. You're exactly right. Now it will. It will. It has its own set of CR twenty threes, thirty one sixes, and and so on down the line. But you can't take the adapters from a four ninety and use them on a four ninety B or vice versa. The only way to do that is you have to have an adapter cable. So if you just buy stay four, away from the four ninety, just, just stay away from it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, for what we do in this hobby, it is not going to provide you any additional incremental value that you could not get out of the 490 and heck the 467 is cheaper yeah, <laughs> so yeah, there you go so in all honesty just go get a 467 and be done with it yeah yeah now, here's one thing i like about the 467 and the 490 does have this as well they've got those those two units have individual meters for that's, each of the guns that's the kicker that's the value point right there right. So yes you you plug them in you turn it on and you can see all three guns at the same time whereas the 470 and the 480 they have one meter so you have to switch you know yeah you, you crimea to, river crimea river but you have to remember where yeah. where those were and and if you're going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and you're thinking about three other things while you're working you're not going to remember the the exact position of all three of those those meters when they were registered i'm sorry that one meter when it was registering for the two other guns so trust me the 470s the 480s they'll work they'll get the job done just the same get a 467 or 490 so that you've got that that uh, ease of use factor going on yeah and again don't forget you have to have those separate adapters yep yep you do okay so the flip side of the coin is the sincor camp now now we're talking (laughs) yes now we're talking now my my I said meter my rejuvenator of choice is the Syncor CR70 yeah and it's called it's the CR70 beam builder 
Um, the reason I like that particular tester is when I was first kind of starting in the hobby, there, it, there was, he's still there. There's a TV repair shop here in Louisville that, talking uh, about Andy's. No, this, oh, okay. this is over in, in my old end of town, the old oh, South okay. end of town. Gotcha. They, uh, um, actually we come to find out ha- my family has a tie with their family. Oh, okay. Oddly enough, they use the CR 70. Okay. And that's where my first exposure was to it. So I went looking for it because I knew that I had a local reference if I had any questions. And then as I started getting more and more into the to the, the gaming world, I kind of realized that uh, it was a good, solid, and affordable tester. And at the time, it was two to sometimes three times what the uh, B&Ks ran, the, the 467s. But... Uh, for folks in the arcade world that tended to have sin cores, there tended to be a lot of the CR seventies out there. Yeah. So, you know, there was other avenues of support and question and answer and all that. So, um, that's the, the rejuvenator that I tend to use. So now here's, here's the interesting, interesting thing about the CR 70. And I know Whitney, you've got what a CR 7,000. Yeah, but I'll talk about that here in a minute. Okay. So I'll, I'll save that. I'll save that towards the, I do have a 7,000, but I want to caveat the ownership of the 7,000. Okay. Because here's the thing. If I were to, if I were to have to buy my 7,000 again, I wouldn't buy one. And it's, it's due to, it's due to the rising cost. Okay. Okay. But anyway, you, you, you go ahead. And well, then, I was going to ask I'll, if I'll the, my two cents. I was going to ask, ask if the adapter methodology was the same. It's, it's exactly okay. the same. So, and, and it makes so much more sense than yeah. the way B and K does it. So here's yeah. how Syncor does it. Syncor, allows you to set up and I, I, I almost want to use the word program, but I don't want anyone to think they're actually physically like programming code. You set up the, on the panel of the, the rejuvenator, the monitor, the tube rather. Mm -hmm. So you open up the guide that hopefully you want to look for that. There's a tube guide that comes with uh, a spiral bound book that comes with your CR 70 and it'll tell you, a socket type, an adapter type, and then all of your settings. And then the physical adapters should be stored behind the back panel in the lid of the the rejuvenator. Okay, yeah. so there's a little clip and you squeeze the clip and you, it folds down and there's foam back there and in the foam is pushed all of the adapters. Yeah. So in the case of the Syncor, the adapter just handles the physical connection to the neck of the tube. Yep. The pinout is set by a series of dials that's on the face of the unit. Yeah, and, and with the Syncors, you've got like adapter one, adapter two, you right. know, adapter three, whatever it may be. It, it, this it's just, it's just way better in, in my mind. And, and Brent, I mean, I, you know, I've had both. I just think the build quality on the Syncors is better. It just feels. I haven't had just, my hand on many. It just feels. It just feels case, better. Yeah. I have. I have touched and looked at a four sixty seven. I mean, mm-hmm. it's workable, but mm-hmm. the the it, it's basically kind of a plastic body. Yeah, and um, the Syncors feel more substantial. Yes, that's what yeah. I'll say. And I, you know, I don't want to say that I favor one over the other, but I do. And um, oh, I definitely do. And and I do. And and it is the Syncor over the B and K. But you know something? Now there's people out there screaming. Oh, sure. This, and this is like and Ford get, versus and Chevy. I get it. It's like Ford versus yeah. Chevy. But but I have I have used both. I've put my hands on both. I've I've gotten to spend some time on both. I bought the Syncor. Mm-hmm. You know, I I went with the Syncor. So, like I said, the Syncor, the the adapters, 
it, it there was just a set and it was i think six maybe seven adapters and a universal adapter the universal connects to the whip the cable that Whitney mentioned the B, like the B&K has, the Syncor has the same thing. That's yeah. the interface that you plug the adapter into that ties the unit to the tube via the adapter. Uh, they have a universal adapter, which when you plug in, it's just a series of clips. So you can, if if they don't have in the box a physical adapter that fits that particular type of neck, then you use the universal and then the setup guide, it tells you use the universal adapter and then here's, here's the pins you clip all the, all the connectors to. Yeah. So basically as long as the setup guide that you have has information for your tube, you're, you're good to go. You're good to go. It's right. a little more tedious and maybe a little more error prone. So in, in a little more exacting, but you'll still be able to shoot the tube. Right. Yeah. So the assumption here is, and this is something you've got to ferret out when, whenever you go to purchase one, that all the adapters are included. So I've had, yeah, that's huge. I have some syncores is yeah, especially the, yeah. huge. Yes. I've had, I have several of these and I've bought one. I can't remember how much it was. I remember thinking it was cheap enough that it was untested and it said no adapters included. Yeah. I said, I'm going to buy it for parts. And if it works all the better. And I said, I bet the adapters are in there. The person just doesn't know how to open it. Sure enough. I got it had every adapter in it. Yeah, they just didn't know how to open it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they may not even have even realized that that little, that little curtain was there and you know, you pull the curtain back and there's all the adapters, you know, or the little flap, little flap door. Yeah. So the, the Syncor, like I said, it has a series of dials on the face of it. It looks much more complex than the B&K. Mm-hmm. The setup book will tell you, you look your tube number up, it'll say, use this socket. So you open the, the, the door, pull the socket out, put it on the, uh, on the cable, plug it into the, the neck of the tube. And then as you just read across the row, it'll say, set this dial to this, this dial to this, this dial to that, da, 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 da. And basically you're done. You're, you're done. Good. You're good. You're ready you're to done. go. Now the one drawback is, is that it, it only looks at one gun at a time. Mm-hmm. So when you go from red to blue to green, you have to change two dials. Yeah. Okay. You have to say, okay, I'm on the red, I'm on red and I got to change, uh, the pin out, you know, the, 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 uh, dial that, uh, uh, matches to the connector for the gun yeah. to the appropriate number as shown in the guide. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and that's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, now here's what I do as a cheat since 99% of the monitors are the same. Yeah. They're the B and K equivalent of the CR 23. Yeah. They're just these color raster monitors. I took a gold Sharpie and I dotted all the settings for a standard like geo seven wells 4600 um uh, all the wells you know 4900 even the sanyal monitors all the same setting yeah and then the one that you have to vary for the color gun i just took a red one and dotted that one and a green one and dotted that position yeah yeah there you go and then i'm done yeah so i don't i don't even have to remember i just Okay, dot, dot, Set. dot, and I'm done. <laughs> yeah, okay, good deal. Well, the, the only thing I want to say about the, the 7,000 in relation to, uh, in relation to, the, to the, the, the 70 that Brent's been talking mm-hmm. about is 
The 7000 is the newest model that I have been able to find that Syncor has made. The great thing, I guess, and it's more of a convenience factor for the 7000 than it is anything else, because what it does is it actually has three LED gas gauges on it, and so showing the red, the blue, and the green gun, and so when you've turned, when you, you know, when you connect it all and then go into the test, uh, you know, into the, the, the testing settings, mm-hmm. you, you actually get to see the, you actually get to see a bar graph that shows you the condition of the guns, and as you change things, that graph is updated in real time. Oh, okay. So you can, when, as you're nuking the, as you nuke the <laughs> tube, you can tell, oh, Oh, whoa, 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 no, 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 I'm not going to do that again. You know, so it, it, it gives you some some uh, visual feedback. I want to say tactile, but then that would be it means it gets up and slaps you and it doesn't exactly do that. But um, but it does give you some visual cues as to what you're doing as you're doing it. And um, so it, it just it, it feels like it feels like a more user friendly version of, of what you're talking right, about. Yes, yeah. yeah. On the CR70 side. Uh, there's like a master dial uh-huh. at the very top. Yeah. And you would say, for example, you would crack, crank it over to emissions. Okay. You're going to say, okay, how, how, what's the emissions look like on this gun? How yeah. strong is this gun? Yeah. Yep. And you would check red, green, and blue. And then there's an emissions test button that you can kind of do like a little bit of a stress test uh-huh. and see, okay, well, how's it, it, it going to hold right. up? And it's an analog gauge. It's just a sweeping needle. Yeah. And you can push that test button and you can say, okay, does it hold? Does it start to falter? What's, you know, how, how, how's it looking? And then if you want to go ahead and rejuvenate, you set your gun selector again Mm -hmm. and then you take that that master dial if you will and you crank it over to one of the four rejuvenation settings the power settings yeah yeah and and that is basically everything from you know the gentle pet on the head to i'm going to take a softball bat and And, we're going to knock out teeth yeah and you just need to stand still for a second yeah Yeah. exactly well in in this the 7000 it's it's more manual yeah but the 7000 it works in much the same way it has the dial with the you know with the rejuvenation settings and everything like that but you can see all the guns at one but you can see all the guns at one time and it does um it it does the 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 display that same led display is used regardless of what you're doing Mm -hmm. and it gives you that it gives you that graph kind of feel so um so here's the one thing i'll say um if you're just starting out the cr7000 is probably overkill and it's going to cost way too much money yeah now when i bought mine brent six years ago seven years ago when i got mine and and man dude seriously i didn't pay like hardly anything for it you know and it works perfectly if you go out on ebay today and and somebody may be sitting there saying oh ordinary i just checked on ebay and and that you know handy dandy you know rejuvenator talking about cost 700 dollars. yeah i see a lot of this 467s the cr70s just stupid money stupid money and in the 7000s are crazy i'm not saying no i did not pay 700 dollars for my rejuvenator no don't go spend 700 dollars on a rejuvenator I'm just saying that when I got mine, I got to 7,000 in the money early enough before it hit. If you come across a 7,000 and it's in the money, by all means get it because it's a very easy rejuvenator to use. Okay. Very easy. Um, it's, I would almost say it's almost, it's borderlining on the most user-friendly one that I've used yet. Uh, 
the problem is you're going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. If you you just go out, if you just go out and say, I need to throw money at this to get it. I mean, you're going to overpay just to just don't. Yeah. And, and, I caution the same on a CR seventy or any of the B and K units. Um, I've 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 picked up the B and Ks from uh, fellow gamers, known, working, ready to go, uh, and I've picked them up off eBay, tested with return policy, and is what you get. And I've paid between. 70 75 to no more than 150 yeah i was going to say 150 is probably yeah. fair that but that's going to be the upper limit of fair right you know? and, yeah. and you can go out there today and see them for all kinds of stupid buy it now prices just keep an eye out just just watch you just yeah. just watch and and you'll see you'll see the seven thousands pop up on ebay as well but the, here's the problem the word's out on the seven thousand it has to be because i'll watch an auction on a seven thousand and it may start at a hundred dollars and i'm like oh that's a good price for yep. seven thousand and then within a day it's at 475 and i'm like that mm. no uh-uh. and then you know what it ends at 775 no and i'm way. like no way that's insane that's didn't insane. cost that much new back in the day i have no idea but i'm not spending 775 bucks you know uh i wouldn't spend 475 so it's just uh, just don't uh, it just i, I don't know yeah it, the, the, maybe you'll find a 7000 if you do more power to you because it's a great one to get but it just seems like the word again i'll say it again it just seems like the word's gotten out on them because the the bids just go up stupid high quick well on the on the CR70 there's a little bit more manual to it than than like with the B and K with the adapters. Like I said, I'm a fan of the CR70. That's what I first saw. That's what yeah. I learned to use. Yep, it's all good. Yeah. Um, I've gotten to the point where when you like I said, you flip it open, it's got all these dials. It looks a little daunting. But the first time you do a tube and you realize, oh, well, it tells me right here, set this dial to this, this dial to that. It's, it's this not dial that. This. It's not no. that hard. <laughs> you know, you set your filament. There's you you set the filament voltage, which is basically you're turning the tube on, for lack of a better term. Yeah. It tells you where to start, and there's a little place on the meter and you turn the little dial to the to the you 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 put the master dial on filament setup and you turn the filament set dial till the the gauge sweeps up to the little tick mark on the meter bam you're done you move on to the next thing i mean it's it's really easy to set up and even though you can only view one two one gun at a time once you do a couple of them it's like second nature it's like boom it's it's not worth the added money the added money to get something that might show you all three at the same time say for example like the cr 7000 or falling back to one of the b and k's that has the three meters on it yeah i'd say realistically i think the the sagest advice here is get what you can in the money that works that's known working and just use it a few times and become proficient right you know it's it's just it's just what you're able to find and and again i like the cr uh, 70s because i don't have to worry about all the adapters yeah so if i want to do something that's not necessarily an arcade monitor really i don't care because i'm going to have a full selection of physical adapters for the physical mating to the tube in the top of the uh, of the unit assuming i've got all the pieces and um I'm, my setup guide is going to tell me where to set all the dials. Yeah, is, yeah. Well, one of the things, too, about the, the Syncore adapters, when you look at them, they're double-sided. Mm-hmm. So each one actually has two physical interfaces. You, you just, just, fl- flip, you just flip it over. You flip it over. Yep, yep, exactly. Right. 
So, Brent, so, I think we've uh, we've run the gamut oh, on, yeah. on oh, the rejuvenators. So, real quick, yeah. a, a note back to what I've run into with my CR70 when I was doing oh, okay. the repair. All right. It, it, as best as I can tell, I, I've got two of each of what I've what I think are the different generations. And the only way that I the only difference I see is, is in the physical dials themselves. Everything else looks exactly the same. From what I can tell, I think the a little older unit, the dials I have a skirt all the way around them, and there'll be like one little cleared out window that's like your selection. Okay. Whereas the newer units, the dial, the handle looks physically the same, except there's no skirt. And what you're doing is you're just going by like the little white tick mark, the white paint mark. There's an engraved slot in one side of the dial and it's painted white. And that points to your selection. Oh, I see. I think those are the newer. And the reason I say that is, is doing my repair that was on what I'm calling an older unit. And I've noticed all the internal wiring is a slightly smaller gauge than when I crack open one of the other units. Mm, okay. So I sitting, see. sitting there, it's not a problem. Yeah. But when I had to open up the one unit to replace that failed resistor, moving them around, I've had to re pin at this point three and then putting doing the final assembly it's going to be a fourth connector because the wires are broken they use you know just like you see in a lot of pinball machines those insulation displacement connector the idc connectors idcs yeah and i I put it all back together turn it on and some function doesn't work well i go poking around in there literally with my tapper yeah and I, okay, well, okay, now it's starting to work and I move, okay, well, it doesn't. And I put it back and it does. And I get in there and I really inspect and wiggle and the wire breaks. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I don't think that's going to be a problem if, unless you're in there poking around. Yeah. But I, if I see a couple of CR7. Know, that, that's, that, that's a bit of an intrinsic weakness. Though. Yeah. Yeah. And it's old, they're older, it's older equipment. Yeah. But if I had two units side by side on eBay and I, and one had the little skirted, dials and it was a little cheaper and the other didn't i think i'd pay the extra money and buy the one that doesn't because at least in my experience with the units that i've got that's a little newer unit and the wiring harness is just the next gauge heavier i see well, so well there just you a go little tip yeah no hashtag pro tip so now i'm spending everybody's money and uh, well, you know, the great thing about this is... I was we going to spend some of my money. Uh, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> actually, I think you're going to wind up spending my money as well. Um, you know, in, in, we need like a dun-dun-dun, you know, kind of sound effect. <laughs> the but, ship is turning. Uh, yeah, but um, we, we didn't really... Uh, it's kind of funny. We didn't really have a whole lot of uh, Spend Brent's Money content for this episode. I don't know if it's just a lack of time that we had to prepare you know we're three hours into a podcast and we say we had no time to prepare <laughs> but uh but with that you know i didn't really have a whole lot of time to do a lot of research this month on you know what's kind of new and coming out but you kind of saved the day on this brent because uh this is a, a topic that's kind of near and dear to our hearts on multimeters and i was looking at this and i was like ah oh, this looks pretty sweet mm-hmm. you know so uh yeah brent so we've just got one item here but I think it's quality instead of it's quantity this month. I think it's a winner. So before we get into our next segment here, uh, Brent, why don't you tell us what you've got for us on the multimeter side of the house? Okay. Here. Yeah. So 
I have been thinking about upgrading multimeters, and I'm always thinking about this. Actually, <laughs> I am ser- seriously. Yeah, no, I, I, mean, I, am. I am always on the look for the be- for the next better multimeter. And here's what drove this: I, I don't want to go out and spend just and uh, there's a microphone there Whitney yeah I, uh, <laughs> wow is, sorry about that right. I even heard that <laughs> man I was like thud so yeah. I, I'm not looking to go out and spend several hundreds of dollars no, no, on like a fluke no, no, no. or some super high-end meter I see yellow and I know it costs money yes. is what I do so there, there's a place for that definitely oh yeah and what we do not us <laughs> no what we do we're measuring i mean a pretty finite number of things we're measuring some five volt stuff we're measuring some 12 volt stuff and if you get in the pinball you're measuring maybe some 50 uh you know uh whatever is going to drive the coils 24 yeah, yeah, yeah. some of the older maybe 24 volt yeah. all dc type stuff we're not really measuring a whole lot of AC. Some of the Atari games have got some some weird AC that comes out of the the uh, the, the power supply, the the power assembly, that the transformer assembly in the bottom of the game. Yeah, the, the AR. Yeah, yeah, they, on, on yeah, the yeah AR. going to the yeah. AR board. Yeah. They've got some diff, you know like eighteen volt or AC or whatever. So I mean, we're not really doing anything that's just like super super crazy in the hobby and for the longest time my go-to meter has just been this really really inexpensive little craftsman meter and i've i've gotten one that i've had forever and i've literally worn out the the buzzer tweeter thing in it for continuity test okay it just sounds so weak and pitiful it's it's kind of a crying shame I recently, um, like around Christmas, they used that meter kind of like as a loss leader type thing, and they were down to like 10 or $12. And I bought a couple of them, and I put another one on the bench and one out in the shop. And they're rugged little meters, but I know they're just like 10 buck meters. Kind of crap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's actually, right now, just as of this week, there's a thread going around on one of the Facebook groups where that very meter has been on one of the deal sites at the same Craftsman meter at like six ninety nine or something. And uh, people were asking about, are the probes nice? And I even put a picture of the, one of mine up and said, the probes are cool. A bunch of people were buying them as just throwing the toolbox, kind of rugged little... I'm not going to be upset if it falls off and breaks or somebody steals it little meters. Okay. It covers what we do. That said, I'm always still kind of keeping an eye out for something a little nicer. And I've got some nicer Exatech meters and, but I always go back to this little craftsman and what has finally kind of pushed me over the edge to kind of upgrade is I'm getting old Whitney. I'm getting old. Understood. And the, the display on it is nice and clear, but it's not that big. Yeah. And, uh, I'm really wanting something with a good backlight because if I've got my head in the back of a game, it's getting to be a struggle for my old eyes to focus on the meter and to see it and to hold a flashlight and then to look at what I'm probing. And it, it just, so I've started to look and shop. So this brings me to, the Bryman 235. All right. Okay, so what's Bryman? Who's ever heard of Bryman? Nobody's heard of Bryman here in the States. Not that I'm aware of. 
I had not. I mean, this, I, I had this was brand. This is this is brand new to me. Yeah. So, so we were talking before we went, you know, on mic. Right. So where where did this come from? We have we have mentioned the Amp Hour before, the Amp Hour podcast, and then one of the guys on that, Dave, he does the EEV blog, and I think we even talked a little bit about Dave and EEV blog because I was I've been addicted to Dave's teardown and repair videos as of late. Uh, Dave is a major YouTube contributor, uh, content provider. So, you know, a lot of times if you, if you go out and you Google, what is a diode and you're looking for videos, you're going to get a bunch of videos, including Dave's videos. He, he is out there. Dave's out of Australia and he does a, a lot of meter comparisons. So he has, you look like you're about ready to say something. Yeah. Um, we've talked about the amp hour on, uh, episode 30, episode 33 and episode 34, and uh, the EEV blog has been brought up uh, in passing on uh, a couple of those shows, but but definitely you know last last oh, episode yeah. as well. So yeah, so yeah, so we've actually covered that you know content wise uh, you know a, a few times, which is good because it's it's all good content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dave also does uh, uh, videos on like meter comparison. So like, give me a, a fifty dollar and under meter shootout. Give me a hundred dollar and under okay. meter shootout. And he knows. You know, he is an, an electrical engineer, and he has a ton of high high dollar lab grade and even portable equipment. And, but he also understands that folks just starting out, folks doing things that that's different from what he does. They don't need that kind of equipment. So he'll do these shootouts and these. Uh, uh, comparisons and teardowns of, of other products that fit in these other spaces like our space. Yeah. So Dave brings up the BM 235 and what he actually ended up doing was this was a newer meter from this, from Bryman, this company. Um, and Dave ended up becoming the exclusive distributor of this meter in Australia. So if you buy the meter from Dave, it actually has the Bryman name on it, but it's branded the EV blog and, and the like. He uh, has done the research on it. He had a lot of input or some input into it and was able to make some suggestions as to, as to its production. Bryman is a company that not only do they make their own meters for sale throughout the world where we tend to see them in the states is uh, is a rebrand so like if you go out and you buy a klein meter or a greenly meter like if you're at a home depot or a lowe's it is generally some flavor of a bryman okay so okay. You know, they carry their own meter and they take the exact same meter and they do recolors and rebranding for other companies that want to offer a multimeter. now the fun part here is is that um, Dave, who I, who I trust, you know, I, I've looked at it. I've watched tons of his videos, um, uh, listened to a lot of his podcasts. I have a very good feeling that, you know, he, he, he definitely knows what he's talking about. He's yeah. kind of a gray beard to a degree when it comes to, <laughs> you know, he's not an older gentleman, but no, I understand. you know, he's been in the industry for a lot of years. He's seasoned. How about that? Dave, yes. Dave is very opinionated and he, Dave will tell you what he likes and doesn't like. Um, so I have firm feeling that if Dave felt this meter was good enough to carry his show's name, that show is his living. He has gotten to the point in his career where he makes his living off of YouTube and his show that's, name, his, that's his saying, branding. That's yes. saying something, man. Yeah. So if there's, and there's always dissenters, if you look at some of his comment comments, it's funny, but in my opinion, I feel comfortable with his, his, 
his direction. So I've started to look at the meter myself and do some homework and other folks have bought the meter. There's other videos out there where people are buying the meter and they're comparing it to their equipment and they're doing testing. And generally for the price point, the meter is very well received. It's got a lot of features. It's backlit. It is light years beyond what we would actually use in this hobby. And it's a quality, quality meter. It's got a good size display, got a quick continuity test. And I was telling Whitney, even on the continuity test, there's uh, the backlight, you can have the backlight flash. Killer feature, yeah. baby. And, and I've run into that where I've been in a noisy environment and I can't hear my meter. Well, doesn't matter. It flashes at me. Yay. Okay. So here's the deal. The thing costs $135 Australian. So as of this recording, that's $103 US. $100 might seem like a lot for a meter when, like I said, you can go out to Sears or online and buy a Craftsman just like many of us have used for a long time. $10 on sale, probably 15 or $16, maybe $20 regular price and get by. But if you're looking to kind of step up, if you're looking for uh, a little bit more quality, if you're looking for some, some additional features beyond just the basic, this is where I'm going. And I'm going to buy one. I'm going to spend (laughs) my own money on it. I'm looking forward to this. Yes. Uh, I've been looking at the specs and I've been looking at other third party reviews, not just to take Dave's word for it. Um, since that meter's been out he's had the meter out i think it's probably six or eight months at this point so there's plenty of them out there yeah actually if you if you google the bm 235 which is the the bryman part number you can find it as that meter in other locations uh, and other sites i've not found it cheaper than buying it from australia from dave i bought stuff out of australia before i don't think the shipping is going to be long in terms of time uh, or call or high in terms of cost, um, you can get the meter stateside as like a Greenlee or you know it's rebranded, but yet it's more. So yeah, this is the direction I'm going to take. I'm going to spend some of my own money. I'm going to upgrade my meter. I'm going to get some features and functions that that really actually I, I feel that I could use. The big thing for me is the backlight, mm-hmm. and this it's an auto ranging meter. That Craftsman meter I mentioned isn't. Yeah. Um, it just has a lot of features and functions, and I really think it's a lot of bang for the buck here. So what I'll say before we uh, roll into this next segment is mm-hmm. I'm going to let you spend your money first. Yep. I want to reserve <laughs> the right to look at it, but then I'm probably going to run out and say, me too, me too, you know, and then go get one because... I mean, I face the I face the same dilemma to some degree. I mean, I've got a few cheap meters in my like my portable toolbox, and you know, a bench meter, a, a toolbox meter, a, a meter I keep in the game room yeah. just to, within easy reach. I don't think I would replace all of those with this, but I can see where this would be the the go to meter. Uh, and maybe even buy two of them, you know, one to, you know, one for the, one for the, the workroom and then one to have, I guess, like a portable one, so yep. to speak. And I think that's what I'm going to end up with. I'm going to end up with one in my shop and, and then, then the one, backlight. One, to, one on the, a, is, a roadie, one in the, the shop yeah. and then one with a roadie. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I keep making a big deal on the backlight. It's an important feature to me. There is so much else packed into this meter that, yeah. um, that it, that to me it's worth the the price difference from a cheap twenty dollar even fifty fifty dollar price range meter to go ahead and jump up into you know this hundred dollar meter now 
meters are like anything else. You can spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on handheld multimeters. Yeah. That's when you start getting into the higher end flukes and the like. Again, this is you know, we just we just don't need a lot of features and functions for what we typically yeah. measure in this yeah. world. Yeah. Agreed. And I'm moving personally into uh, e- a little bit more ease of use, um, a better display. You know, I'm also gaining the accuracy and the efficiency that's built into a more modern, more expensive meter in relation to what I've got today. And and I'm not going to go whole, whole hog. I don't need Ferrari. Yeah. I need really nice Cadillac. Yeah. Yeah. That's and I think true. that's where we're at. Yeah. And, and something that's just dependable and yes. quality made because I don't want to take anything away from the $10 Craftsman meters. But uh, I, I think that if I were to just spend up just a little bit, I would probably wind up with a meter that I don't have to replace. Right. And, and, and that right there is really worth it for me. So, so. We'll, have, we'll have a link to a video. It's not going to be yeah. one of Dave's videos. It's actually going to be a third-party review video uh, of the meter, the BM235, as purchased from Dave at the EV blog. Uh, and I'm I'm going to buy one. I just I just haven't made time to actually click the buy it now button. So yeah, I will have one coming. All right, all right. Well, looking forward to following up on that. So, uh, real quick, Brent, before we get into news and feedback, I think we've got uh, kind of a, a special segment here mm-hmm. that we're probably a little bit of a shorter segment, but kind of consider this a you know a, a from the street type of interview that uh that, that you've been working on and uh looking forward to hearing about this can you tell us a little bit more sure so what we talked earlier in the episode about uh the the ghostbusters unboxing at rec bar so i sat down with uh cory from rec bar and we just had a little chat the evening of the unboxing so it's going to be a little like you said a kind of interview from the street kind of what was going what's going on the feel of the evening and just you know some general talk about the game and, and how how it's being received yeah I'm, I'm interested to hear this because um if I'm if I'm correct, this was their first new inbox purchase, correct? Well, they've had other games, but new inbox uh, that they had in operation prior to opening the rec bar. Uh-huh. But yeah, this is their first new inbox pin. Yeah, yeah so so it's interesting to they've to had hit. other like boxing games yeah. and buck hunter type games yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not worried about that <laughs> uh, but i mean this is the first new inbox pin it's interesting that they've bought it's interesting it's going to be interesting to hear what drove them to this why they chose ghostbusters and whether they over the long haul whether they feel it was a good purchase you know because this is the perfect example of is stern hitting the mark today yeah you know yeah okay so let's sit back and give it a listen and then we'll drift into some news and feedback sounds like a plan the street here at Rec Bar, and I've got with me Corey Sims. Corey was with us at Louisville Arcade Expo this year here, Corey, in what, 2016? Yep, 2016. First year that we were out there as uh, as Rec Bar and not just dudes that like to play games. <laughs> you brought a lot of games with you. Uh, I Well, let's just say I helped a little bit, but more like kind of coached and gave direction. I tried not to get my hands involved in much. Yeah, we're in the yellow hard hat. You did, yeah. a, did a good job at that. <laughs> well, I took on a good supervisory role. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You wore the white hard hat. Yeah. We wore the yellow ones. That's how it went. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So 
all the games and like that you had at Arcade Expo, plus some additional games that you had uh, in storage, and I guess on locations throughout the city of Louisville, they came into Rec Bar eventually, right? Yeah, we uh, you know we had some place throughout and sort of had our our taste of. Uh, of a small little route in Louisville, and mm -hmm. then um, we sort of just brought it all together. Everything from Arcade Expo and a lot of stuff we had been sitting on that we just didn't have a great place to put it all came together, and you know, now we've got 50 games on the floor, eight pens, and growing, and just uh, looking to expand and add even more stuff that we've been keeping uh, hidden for a while. Well, I know we talked about Rec Bar quite a bit on the show, but this is the first time we've sat down since since you've opened. So how long have you been opened at this point? We are going on four months now. So Arcade Expo, we were, like at, yesterday. we were at negative two at Arcade Expo, and now we're at plus four. So That's awesome. And, you know, I, I come through quite a bit. I know I've helped you all out with some games, and um, uh, the crowd seems to really enjoy the place. I mean, I know I have a great time whenever I come in. So. It's, uh, it's definitely been fun. That's probably the most rewarding uh, part of opening up rec bar has seen you know so many different uh so many different demographics come in and turn into a little kid again um you know a 55 year old man can walk in the front door and break down and be just as excited as a 10 year old <laughs> that's going to chuck e cheese so you know just seeing that is a uh, is an awesome experience the real reason that we're here tonight is we're unboxing or we just unboxed a Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Pro. Ghostbusters has, uh, when we found out that Stern was releasing Ghostbusters as their newest machine, um, it was one of those, basically, how can we make it work in the budget because it's going to get in our building. So we've been excited for it for a while and to finally have it come and, and open up a brand new toy out of a box for the first time was, uh, it really was like Christmas morning all over again. So here's a little of the behind the scenes. While there was an official unboxing here tonight, well, an unofficial unboxing because you all, you all had the official unboxing a, a day or two prior. I mean, because you got you got to check the game out, right? Yeah, we got to make sure it's you know fully functioning. Oh, absolutely! And all the parts are working right. Something could have happened in shipping, and you you, you got to put several you know a few plays on it and make sure everything is just as it needs to be. Definitely, you know, we gotta we gotta. Just like we do with any of our drinks, we got a taste test. We got to try it out, and uh, you know, it's it's our new toy too. So we're just as excited. So the real cool thing, not only is the unboxing tonight, but in the crowd is huge. The Louisville Ghostbusters are here now. This is something that I was I was kind of aware of the Louisville the kind of the Ghostbusters clubs, I guess, for lack of a better term. And for those that haven't haven't seen them, they're kind of analogous to the I believe it's the 501st or the 501 Legion, which is the the international group of groups of people that do like Star Wars based cosplay and generally the 501st are stormtroopers primarily then there's Darth Vader's and the like mixed in well there's something very similar with Ghostbusters and you all had found that there's actually a club here in town and invited them yeah, we. Um, I didn't realize it was that big of a scale on uh, how many people were oh, into it. Oh, they're all over the place in here. I, after we, you know, we reached out. Those guys have been uh, been to a few of our establishments that we worked at prior. Um, I've seen them at costume contests and just thought it was guys that had some uh, some money to spend on cool costumes. But they go all out, and it. Um, they were excited that we reached out and were. I mean, 
at the drop of a hat said absolutely we'll come and we'll see who we can get to come out with us so uh, it was really fun seeing them and everybody that was in the restaurant at the time when they walked in the door it was sort of that uh, grand entrance you know because people were scratching <laughs> well, their heads. no you can't I mean they're, they are decked out in the full suits the proton packs they're a thing to behold I've looked at them I've asked questions about them they are beyond movie prop type quality I mean they look unbelievable i'm pretty sure they cost more than my first car did <laughs> i could see that yeah <laughs> so all right so how did it all go down tonight uh you ordered some advertising we and- did uh we put together a little flyer just to sort of get the word out let people know that the game was coming you know once we got the phone call that it was in route uh we put the firm date on it we got lucky and uh since the new movie was coming out they re-released the ecto coolers back so we bought a uh, 12 pack of ecto cooler from amazon and got that shipped in so we gave <laughs> i've not seen those locally do you actually had to order them yeah and it was one of those deals where it was sold i didn't think we were going to get it because it had been sold out on amazon prime for so long oh wow that literally a week before the event i'm like all right well we might as well scratch it but uh it became available and we were able to order one 12 pack they maxed you out (laughs) you could not order more than one at a time so we um we collected names and did a little drawing to see who was going to be the the first 12 players on the machine and every one of them got a uh, a cool little can of ecto cooler to go with it as a, a memento or a keepsake or just a cold beverage and then we took those 12 people and lined them up and you know they got the first games so the uh, the unboxing mm-hmm. and of course you know i'd already mentioned a little behind the behind the scenes or inside baseball here i know you all had already kind of set the game up just to kind of make sure everything was was kosher and y'all kind of modified the box and brought it in and and sort of reboxed it and so it was boxed yeah it was it was fully covered made a few little cuts here and there just to make it fit around and have a an easy transition in getting it off Uh, you don't want to you don't want to have that moment where you unveil the car and the rug gets stuck on top yeah, of it. So exactly. We, we did a test run to make sure the box was going to come off all right. So pull the box, had a little minor assembly to kind of uh, work the crowd a little bit, powered it on, and did the drawing. And, you know, uh, I was here for it, and it, it just it went wonderfully. I think everybody had a real good time. I know the Ghostbusters themselves got to play the game. Have you gotten to play it again tonight? Yeah, tried to get in there. Um, people have been busy on it a little bit but you know i i uh slid in for a game or two here and there and and tried to put up a high score but uh it's definitely it's a fast game and it takes a little practice to get good at it so uh, we'll see where i'm at in a couple weeks i know whitney and i have talked a little bit about the game and i know when john john trudeau is the designer of ghostbusters he likes everybody talks about that little extra gap he puts in the flippers and you know to me it doesn't seem like a lot, but when you play his games, to me, it, it is barely noticeable, but it makes you a better player. And I tell you, in playing the game, you want to come back to that game. It is, it is, It can be frustrating, but it's a great kind of frustrating. Yeah, it's one of those, it seems like you learn something new every time you play it. You find a new... Uh new little obstacle or little game the matching card game i know has been tony's fun little one to try and max out the high score and get like i think you can get up to 114 million as as high as i've seen him go um so you you kind of pick your favorite alleys and routes you want to go with so and we haven't mentioned tony you 
co-own Rep Bar with Tony. Yes. And Tony was on the show last at Little Arcade Expo, but unfortunately, he just he wasn't able to be here this evening. So yeah, he, I'm uh, stuck with you, and yeah. you're stuck with me. Uh, well, I think you got the uh, better looking of the two, in my well, opinion. Well, you know, I'm so. not I'm not going to argue that. So. Well, uh, Corey, I really appreciate you know the opportunity to sit down with you here for a minute. Rec Bar has the new Ghostbusters out on the floor. Anybody that's coming through Louisville. Now, actually, go ahead and give the address for everybody. So we are at 10301 Taylorsville Road. We're basically in the heart of J-Town, if you're familiar with Louisville. If not, anybody around town can get you out here. Uh, J-Town's a very uh, easy spot to find, so yeah. you can't miss our big sign out front. So, And everyone might be a little confused here because generically, locals will call the entire area Louisville. Technically, uh, J-Town is a small town within, I guess this is in the Louisville metro area, correct? Yeah. This is still in the metro. Really weird. J-Town's its own city within Louisville, but, you know, the people that grew up here are very proud of J-Town. But, oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. We yeah. are... Uh, we're in the, the eastern part of Louisville, if, and, uh, uh, if you're from I mean, out of town. We're j it's just minutes from the airport. I mean, we're probably, what, 10, 15 minutes from the airport, if yeah, that. Yeah, about 15 minutes. And honestly, if you're if you're downtown, it's about 15 minutes to get to us. If you're on the east side of town, 5 to 10 very minutes. Very centrally located. You're, you're not very far from us if you're in Louisville. You know, I'd encourage everybody, if you're through town, check out Breck Bar. Come in and play Ghostbusters. There's always a selection of pins on the floor. There's a mix of arcade games, new and old. And like I said, Corey, I appreciate the time. And I think I'm going to go play some games. Sounds good. I'll follow you. All right. So Brent, we are here at the you know towards the end of the show, but uh, this is always one of my more favorite parts of the show, and, and it's and it's quickly kind of risen to the top for me because we're getting so much feedback, and and it's great to just use this for discussion points when there, people write in with questions. There's more than like three people that listen. Oh yeah, to yeah, us. yeah, there there are there are. Uh, believe it or not, yeah, I think you know of uh, of the seventeen, we're getting to hear from almost all of them, so it, it works out pretty well. So uh, we're gonna we've got some email feedback. We've got some twitter feedback and facebook uh and so let's just start with uh start here with with a couple emails and the first one well, we, we got a little news whitney well oh whoa, 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 whoa. my bad my bad back. you're right you know what i had scrolled down too far oh. how about that hey hey do, do the news and then then i'll roll into the feedback because here's the thing I've not seen this news yet, so this is brand new to me. I'm going to have to go watch this. Okay, so so yeah, so obviously you've got it. You put it in. So, yeah, I pulled. So so tell 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 us all about this. So this is this comes to us actually. We're two levels deep. This is almost like putting a mirror facing a mirror, and it's just like wow. Yeah, you know? Okay. Yeah. So I pulled a little soundbite. I want you to hear. Okay. From the pinheads pinball podcast well They're, if this is from rod and the guys i already yeah. know that the, the production quality on this is going to be over the top it's going to be great it's from their current show okay. show 20 all right and they pulled a soundbite <laughs> from the video game bang podcast okay whoa, whoa, whoa. video game bang, bang podcast. podcast i don't know why that's hard to say but I, it, it is it, it, it but is. it's hard to say yeah okay and, and i've not listened to the the folks over at video game bang it's vgbstudios.com we'll have okay. a link in the show notes all right so you'll hear a little bit from rod and then it's going to fall into an interview 
uh, it's just a short little segment uh, that the video game bang folks did. I believe this it's the was word, a, it's the word bang. Yeah. That's what does it. Yeah. I believe this was at Comic-Con this year with Jody Dankberg yeah. of Stern. Yes. So, yeah, here it is. I, I like that uh, Corey from the Video Game Bang podcast. I almost don't want to say to the Stern guys, hey, what's next? Because you know that you get nothing back. I like that he asked. And I like that we actually got more than we usually do from Jody. I could tell you we got some great rock band pins coming out. We got okay. some great superhero pins. Nice. Some great sci-fi. Um, a lot of the stuff that you might expect to see, uh, you're going to see pretty soon. Um, you're going to see new technology. We're coming out with a, a LCD display. So uh, Ghostbusters is our last game to feature a dot matrix display. Really? So we're going to have a, a LCD color display coming out on our next release. Really excited about that. I think I think the way pinball looks is going to change a lot. See you Excellent. later, DMD. R.I.P. <laughs> so there it is. Oh, I love it. I love it. I just love listening to Rod, if you want to know the truth <laughs> of it, man. I mean, it's great. It's, they, it's so awesome. They actually did, a, uh, uh, real quick, they actually did a segment toward the end of the show. And, and Rod, he just kept, kept making comments. He didn't think it was working. I thought it was hilarious. It's the girl that plays... Uh, uh, Harley Quinn in the new Suicide Squad. Yeah. It's uh, Ro- Robbie's her last name, Margot Robbie, and she's Australian. And apparently, somebody has given her a list of Australian words, and then she's reading them and doing the translation. It is hilarious. Okay. I, so, Rod, yeah, actually, uh, I enjoyed that. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll have to go listen to it for sure. So the moral of the story there is is that. Stern is actually telling us, which kind of surprises me because they keep so much close to the vest, which they, I understand. They do. they do. But they've actually come out and they've said that there's going to be no more DMDs. Ghostbusters is it. I, I don't. How do you feel about that? I, I mean, because I, I think we need to spend more than just uh, 15 seconds on you know co- commentary on that. Um, well, here, here's before, what I, before we move into the feedback. What, what's what, what's your what's your take? Here's what I think is going to happen. I think that it's going to be the same size or very close to what we know as a DMD. Yeah, and it's it's going to be they're cheaper than a DMD. We all know that. Yeah, we know Spike can support it. Yep, and. Basically, I think that it's their next way, in a good way, to cost reduce the game. You know, they're going to have to change their methodology as to, you know, there's not going to be a dots person. Yeah. Now you're going to have more of a uh, an editing, a, a, a video editing type person, mm-hmm. or you're going to have to do some kind of production if you're going to have something that doesn't already exist, like if you're going to pull from a movie or a TV show or a concert or something, you know, you're going to have some, you're going to have to produce that content. You yeah. just can't dot produce it out of thin air. Like you can dots. Yeah. Yeah. From a production perspective, uh, however, unless they use animation, unless they like, well, yeah. unless they create animation in yeah, house or be, something like that. And that could be the case. Yeah, you know, they the could case. do some, that, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Um, to me, it's the next logical step in a positive way because it's going to add something new to the games it's the next logical step to 
reduce cost. Yeah. And, and it makes sense. It, it does make sense. Not in a bad way. No, no, no. This no. isn't like the rail thing where they give you those silly little pegs now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this, You're talking about the difference between the service rails and... Yeah, and on the just, bottom of the play And field. then essentially just the, the threaded pegs instead. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't even get me started on that. Yeah. The sheer fact that I have to go to Pinball Life and order those rails just makes me mad. But, yeah. But anyway... Um, so my take on it is is this. I, I think it's I think it's high time. I would even say past time to you know to switch to to a newer display technology. The only thing I, I will say though is um, I will miss the dots. I will miss a DMD. It has a certain amount of charm and a certain amount of just historical, I guess, kind of significance to me. You mm-hmm. know, when when you look at it, I love what color DMD has done because I think that they honor the old yet bring in a bring in the new. And they it, it the DMD to me looks like pinball. I guess I'm just going to have to reserve my judgment until I see what Stern does as to whether they have uh, you know whether they. You, custom create animations or whether they take uh you know existing film sequences and you know dither it a bit or you know rough it up a bit or what what, you know whatever they do i don't know what they're going to do to a degree you're almost going to have to do both because just thinking of ghostbusters there's no scene in ghostbusters for the ball safe that's exactly right i guess you could pull the scene of there there i do seem to recall like in the first ghostbusters a scene similar to like where ecto one is going from right to left and doing that sweeping but then you sweeping turn through the city but but what do you do do you take that then do you add balls ball saved on the side of the car i don't know honestly honestly it would look a little bit contrived to me if you do it would it would look it would look too forced Mm -hmm. you know it's almost like too forced and you kind of took the cheap way out yeah Uh, maybe it's gonna be a mix so i think it's going to have to be a mix and so then you know are you going to have are, are you going to have film sequence that that is reanimated turned into animations to match the 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 the, the new content that i don't these are all questions we have no yeah. answer for I do agree with you, though. I think it will be in the same general sh- size and shape as the DMD in the same location. I don't. I don't know that we'll see. I don't. Will we see full? You know, full uh, translate animations like we do. With I don't Jersey? think so. I don't, I don't and, think so. And, and my feeling is, is, is the one thing about like Jersey Jack stuff is I, I genuinely agree with the commentary that when the game is off, you you basically lose any street appeal. Yeah, you because do. you've just got something a turned off monitor yeah whereas like looking at ghostbusters or even my adams or csi sitting here any pinball if the game is off or you're walking by the game you've got something that identifies the game and then the dmd has got action going on that continues to draw the eye and then draws the eye of people as you're playing yeah. so you yeah. kind of got that balance you know i you know i agreed i wonder i wonder what a company like color dmd will will do to further differentiate themselves going forward okay i realize there's a lot of machines out there that still need to be colored and there's always there's always displays to be sold and color dmd even if they don't have a color rom for a game there's still an upgrade over the dmd that was in the machine okay mm-hmm. so I, i'm not i'm not discounting that at all the other thing that i am kind of curious about is Will that instantly make Ghostbusters and everything that come before it look generationally gapped? And uh, and 
I'm afraid that it will, but I don't know that I care, you know, because let's face it, Brent, once you see that, once you see the, you know, whether it's, whether it's, you know, a standard L, you know, LCD or whether it's, you know, an LED LCD or whatever it is, whatever technology, display technology they use, you know, in, in the, in the new game, it, it will it will make everything that come before it look look somewhat dated. It will, and and yeah. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of you, sorry for that because Ghostbusters, knowing that Ghostbusters is immediately going to look old. Yeah, well, it's just the fact. It still looks so cool. Everywhere but I, else, I, I know, I you know. I know. It, 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 it screams. It's, it's, this is just the way it is. It screams for color DMD, but we all know that they're probably not going to color that until the code. You know they need the code to stabilize. To stabilize, yes. So but, it's but I'm be telling you, but it, it, but it needs it. I mean, it yeah. If there's a game that needs color DMD, that game would be it because the the rest of the game is so colorful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say Metallica would also be you know knowing that Metallica's done, but Metallica would would also be one just because of the Dirty Donny artwork and there's so much color there. Mm-hmm. It needed the color DMD. Yeah. Ghostbusters needs it as well. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I, I can't even imagine what they're going to add to it because right now mm-hmm. we're at like code. I think it's one twelve unless it's updated yeah. here in the past few days. And Metallica was six or eight months before all the f- owners were like, N- "I love the game now. I really love the game." Yeah, because yeah, like, yeah. so much was added. Course, so much was added. Yeah, you know. So it's probably going to be a year before there's even a thought of color DMD. It's okay. It's honestly, it's going to take me a year to learn to play it. To be quite yeah. to to really yeah. to really dig into it. Uh, to be quite honest with you. So, so one more thing on the stern front, real quick. Yeah, and then we'll get into feedback. And, and everybody, go out if you all haven't listened to the Pinheads at pinheads with a z do it zed i don't know what the zed thing is zed. z yeah. i don't say ed bed yeah. said no no it's zed it's, it, no it's z it's zed pinheads with a z uh the pinheads <laughs> podcast um rod i'm pretty sure it was right in the beginning of the episode just before that he he laid money that he knows what the next turn game is Oh really? Yeah. Okay. And I know we 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 don't tend to dip into that into the what is it because it's just this swirling. It's a swirl of drama. Ca- yeah, a swirling just, witch's cauldron of drama. Of drama, yes. But he thinks it's going to be Slayer, the heavy metal band Slayer. Interesting. And not the, that's not at all what I would have thought. It, well, the reason he thinks that is is uh, so it, you'd have to go back and listen to the episode. But the, I short, will. the short of it is is some stuff he's seen, and then one of his listeners wrote in with screen caps. Apparently. Uh, I think it was the the lead singer or the guitarist for Slayer showed up at Comic-Con just at the same time that Gary Stern was at the booth and they took pictures together. And apparently there's pictures at a at a Slayer concert and up on the wall are the Stern logo banners. Oh. So the... Interesting. The well, now that, current conspiracy theory if it, is... If it, if, it, if it smokes, there's probably fire. Yeah. You know? So we didn't land on the moon. Yeah. There was... There was only one shooter in the Kennedy assassination, yes, and yeah. Slayer is the next pinball hmm. from Stern. Well, hey, I'll, I'll leave it to the public yeah. to decide which of the three. Or time. You know? or yeah. time. Well, because we'll know. Yeah. Slayer may have the first color LCD back display. <laughs> Man, to go down in history, nothing, I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from Slayer. Just an odd pairing yeah. for a historical release, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 
We'll see. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Feedback. Okay. All right. Uh, so, so Brent, uh, first up, we have uh, a couple of emails. The first one is from uh, listener Matt Guard. And Matt, uh, lives- Matt... Matt committed a cardinal sin. <laughs> Which is what? <laughs> Read the first line. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Especially okay. after the earlier conversation. Yeah, th- this much is true. So, sorry, Matt. Yeah, sorry, Matt. But, you know, it is what it is. And Brent, Brent and I make no excuses for what we like and what we don't. Uh, so Matt writes in and he says, but he, he this is all redeemed at the very end. And uh, it, it's all good. He, he's after something and we can help. He says, I just bought a baby Pac-Man last night. He says, it needs a lot of love. He said, I really want to jump into this thing, but I was also hoping that I could review your excellent panel discussion uh, with the slides you presented uh, there before I go at it. Now, he's talking about the panel discussions we did at uh, this most recent Southern Fried Game Room Expo. Mm -hmm. So he says, I can't find them. And Matt, right now, that is for good reason. Okay, but I'll, I'll I'll address that here in a second. He goes, and I don't know if it's because I failed to see them or they just aren't there yet. Anyway, thanks again and game on. So, Matt, nothing's wrong with your eyes, uh, and you've searched uh, to to no avail, yeah. and, I, and I apologize for that. But it's because uh, at the time you were looking for them, they were not there. But, Matt, I will tell you, if you go back and look at our website now, um, both of those sessions, the YouTube videos have been posted. The PDFs for the sessions have been posted. The bill of material for the Beast Board has been posted as well. And so that uh, everybody understands what Matt's talking about yep. the session that that i primarily ran on the went, pinball side yeah on the pinball side was yep. playfield uh how to shop your playfield and then uh tips for uh touch-ups and techniques for a, a playfield restoration yeah yeah and the one that i primarily ran was uh was really well it was really just a focused on the arcade side and we just talked about you know the current state of the hobby uh you know and just really what things cost and based around how to save yourself some money and build yourself some autonomy in, in the hobby and we build a uh, a switchable uh bench power supply for uh for pcbs and monitors as well so so that that's what we did in that one so so they're they're going to they're posted they're, as as of the release of this episode they are posted so it i apologize to everybody it took me a little extra time to get it done but we had to record some intros to the videos we had to edit we had to post-produce we had to you know mm-hmm. all the things that just take they just take personal time they had to be done but they're done so yes we got them both so you know here's a great time to bring this up whitney because it touches on everything um that this just all dovetails together yeah so sfge and uh the the playfield restoration uh pinball talk that that we gave uh, out there at SFGE, we met Taylor Reese uh, from This Flippin' Podcast. And we have this all ties together in a contest. So we've okay. got some all stuff right. we want to give away. All right, all right. Fire it up. So Taylor gave us a shirt. Whitney, go over there and grab that shirt. I think it's for Richmond, the, the Richmond, the Rich- pin, pin, Richmond Pinball. Okay, so Taylor ha- uh, gave us a shirt from the uh, his, I believe it's his pinball league there in Richmond, Virginia. So it's a Richmond Pinball League. That's cool, Whitney, if you remember. That is what it is. That is what it is. Okay, yeah, it's that set, is what it, is. it happens yeah, to be sitting across Richmond the room pinball. from me out of my reach. So we got a cool shirt from Taylor. We've got uh, a cloth carry bag from Marco Specialties, who uh, they were also out at SFGE, which is where this panel was headed. 
held, which is where we met Taylor. And then to kind of top it all off, kind of as the giveaway, the Pac-Man soap that uh, Whitney and I talked about earlier, we'll throw in a packet of the Pac-Man soap. You're, so you, you're, you're big spending. I'm, the, I'm big spending. You're big spending. So you get a Pac-Man and you get three ghosts. All right. All right so we'll, we'll see if I can find some stuff at the house to toss in the box okay. as well. Oh, and, oh, we'll throw in some stickers. We got some broken token stickers. We'll throw those in. Yeah. And, you know, I don't maybe a cat or something else. So Oh, I'm all for throwing in a cat. <laughs> so, That's no problem. Yeah, it's all good. So how do you win this? Whitney, as Whitney mentioned, the videos for our sessions are posted. You've got to go out and you've got to watch the pinball session, which I presented. Somewhere in that video, I asked someone in the audience, what is the pinball that has become the mascot pinball of the show okay now here's the here's the trick to it it's not what everybody thinks because it was you know i put a little funny in there it's not far par okay you've got to tell me the name of the pinball that i reveal on the slide before i actually reveal and come clean and say far par all right okay sounds good now Now, now, now what boundaries are we put around this contest as far as time and everything like that the first person you know what? Tell you what, Whitney. Let's. Do you want to do the first person to email me, or you want to take them all and we'll pull one randomly? Uh, we'll, we'll take them all and then we'll pull. Okay. We'll pull one randomly. So, so yeah, e- let's e- do that. Email Brent at brokentoken.com. That way, you know, because I let's not go to the Facebook page and Twitter no, and all that. No, no, no. Let's just email me if the the. The, the email address is easy enough, brent at brokentoken.com. And the only other boundary I'm going to put on this is, well, no, because if we're going to just randomly pull one, it doesn't matter. Because several of our listeners were there. and uh, That's fine. They, be, they, yeah. they, they, they get the credit yeah. as well. So, yeah, there'll yeah. be a handful of folks that will probably know what it is right off the bat without even having to watch the video. Check the video out. Yeah. It's in there. It, like I said, at some point, I'll pull a, someone out of the audience for a prize giveaway, and I'll ask them what our mascot pinball is. And it's not far par. All right. I need gotcha. to know the name of that pinball email brent at brokentoken.com and like i said we got the shirt from taylor uh we've got the marco specialties bag we'll, we've got the pac-man soaps we'll throw in some stickers and some other fun stuff so sounds good hey whitney i've got something for you for taylor okay so turn right around and open the coin door up on that tempest while uh I was hanging out with Taylor one evening. I think it was Saturday evening. He reached over into his bag of goodies and and pulled out a couple things, and I just hid it in the Tempest. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, man! <laughs> Thank you so much. That's so awesome. Tell everybody what you got. Oh, I got a uh, looks like it like an iron on patch or so on. Taylor patch. goes, and we just get stickers. Taylor goes big time. No, this is he did. He went big time. Yeah, this is a uh, this flipping podcast patch. So Taylor, thank you so much. Uh, I will find something to iron that on. But yeah, man, that's uh, yeah, that's pretty big, sweet. That's big time in it, man. I wonder, man, dude, I wonder how much those cost. It makes us look like losers. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just giving away. Ta- dude, Taylor's I'm, got budget. Dude, I'm I'm giving away a shirt Taylor gave me and soap. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Soap. <laughs> and soap. Yeah. No, now Taylor's got budget, dude. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm impressed. When do we get budget? I, we're going to have to talk to somebody. We've got to talk to somebody, All right. man. All, All right. right. Next Sounds feedback. Good. All right. Next feedback. So this one comes from Danny. Now, uh, Brent and everybody, just bear with me for a second. There's, It is a little bit to read through, but uh, it, it does it does have, have the payoff because I think this is something that we can we can cover at, at a later episode, and, and I think it's worthwhile to do. So Danny writes in. And uh, this is this subject is about non-ghosting LEDs and pinball. So he writes in. He says, uh, "He says Brent Whitney, 
He says, I'm in the middle of listening to your latest podcast where you talk about EEPROM burning. I said, I, along with a longtime friend uh, and our pinball collectors, between the two of us, we have in excess of 30 machines, so they're doing pretty good. He says, uh, as I'm sure you're aware of LED pinball machines is a great way to brighten up the look as compared to incandescent bulbs, not to mention that they last a lot longer as well as take an enormous amount of strain off the machine's amperage load, you know, prolonging component life. Yeah, definitely. All, all, good, all very good points, all very good reasons to think about and consider LEDs. So Danny goes on to say, says, as we all know, a major problem with LEDs, especially in pre-WPC95 machines, is LED ghosting. I, as well as many others, have dealt with this phenomenon for quite some time. Although many companies now produce anti-ghosting LEDs, there is a cheaper and, in my opinion, far better solution which has been well documented. I'm quite sure you've, you already have knowledge of this. He says, there seems to be a sort of taboo when it comes to patching the original WPC ROMs. My demolition man was horrendous, was horrendous looking after installing all LEDs. After doing some research and obtaining the software, patching the ROMs, and writing the updated code with an EEPROM burner, the game now looks outstanding. It wasn't that difficult after understanding how everything worked. I believe you would be able to increase the awareness of this process if you dedicated a segment on your podcast to educate others of the process. As always, you guys are by far my favorite listen. Keep it coming. Sincerely, Danny. Hey, Danny. Yeah, we so Danny, th- that. yeah, Danny, thank you for that. That was wonderful. That was wonderful. So, Brent, I think, you know, we've touched on the EEPROM burning topic, and, and I think, you know, we could probably do a little bit of homework on this particular subject mm-hmm. and revisit it a bit as we, as we I guess, kind of mature our knowledge a bit on the whole EEPROM burning uh, scenario. But why don't, we, why don't we put this on the, you know, on the rotunda, so to okay. speak, or on the lazy Susan, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll spin this at the appropriate time. But Danny, thanks for writing in. Uh, you know we've uh, we've got this relayed. We've got it. Uh, you know on the docket. We'll definitely you know we'll definitely come back around and revisit this subject. But, you know, Danny mentioned here. You know specifically, the solution is pre WPC ninety five games. So that's you know your Williams Bally games. You know a lot of the DMD style games that we kind of know and love. And I was aware of this. I've never tried it. And every game that I end up you know shopping end to end i have in my mind okay this is going to be the one where i'm really going to dive in and do the the homework on how i want to led and it just works out from a time perspective that i end up going incandescent i finally unless something happens i am going to led the back to the future so when I do that, that's going to get me into, okay, I'm going to understand more of how they look, how they function, what I need. This does this versus that. And at that point in time, I I'm, I'm might, you know, I'm leaning more toward probably going to come back and revisit the Adams, which is, which is ripe for this kind of a solution, you know, the code patch to address, address any ghosting. So... Um, yeah, Whitney, let's let's put it like on the Lazy Susan, as you said, and then yeah. just as we have more practical experience yeah, we'll, with it, we'll, we can pull we'll it out. Sp- we'll spin it. And yeah. I, th- I think you're going to be the one that the de- that due to the, the lineage, you know, the, the lineage of the game that you have, this, this is going to be right up your alley in something that you can look at, and it'll be interesting for you to report back on this, you know, when the time is right. So, yeah, Danny, thank you for that. I mean, it, it's it's good, and, I, and it's something for us to follow up on that I, I think a lot of other listeners will get some value out of. 
So now over to Twitter. Yes, yeah. And this this first one, this first one's awesome. This is from uh, WebDoc90, and he says. We do have quite a bit of Twitter feedback this month, but this is good stuff. He says, Broken Token, listening to the latest podcast, he, he gives uh, mentions a couple other listeners on Twitter, Ram Air 1997 and Casey, uh, Casey Relford. He said, you guys rock with the scanner info. And uh, Brennan, do you remember that's part of what we talked about last month in you know, scanning artwork? We talked about the oh, HP and everything to, I was like, like scanner, that. Scanner, scanner, yeah, yeah, scanner. Yeah, this is, this is for artwork scanning. So, so WebDoc90, um, just hang tight. Uh, we are going to revisit that topic. We have, I have uh, far more to say about that in an upcoming episode. Don't know whether it'll be next episode or whether it will be 47, depending upon time. But uh, that does get into the whole uh, topic at the, that we discussed at the very onset of this episode that I just can't talk about yet. Okay, so uh, yeah, so we love that you guys enjoyed it and that it was relevant for you. And yes, we do have more to say. So yeah, coming up. So that's awesome. Cool. Uh, Peter came in Sweden at Broken Token. So you think the $50 minimum order was hard to fill at online components? For international orders, it's $100. <laughs> Ouch. Didn't spend my money. Yeah. Oh, man. Man, that's, uh, that's tough. That's tough. $100. Bucks. I... You know, that's a lot of plastic. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of plastic knob turners at a hundred dollars. You know, man. you know, Peter. What? And I, I here, here's what I would suggest. And I hear uh, uh, other folks that on, on other shows that do this. I know uh, Carrington Vanston, who is on several podcasts that kind of fit into that retro community. I know he's also on the same the same podcast network we are, uh, Rob O'Hare's Throwback Network. He actually has just basically befriended folks stateside. And he can work with them as a pass through in some cases. So, you know, if you've got some friends maybe that you've made through Facebook or, 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 or whatever, and they're looking maybe for the same thing or they can just, you know, kind of work as a middleman for you as a, like a U.S. shipping address, that might broaden your horizon for not only stuff like from online components, but everything else that 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 tends to be available here yeah you know just yeah. just a thought just a thought Maybe that help but, you out well we appreciate you listening peter and, and giving it a shot i mean that's the main thing and um yeah that, that's going to be about the best piece of advice i know to give because that that's a bit of a bridge too far to cross man no on your own anyway so here's one from David Corrigan, and it's got two of my least favorite words in it. So why don't you go ahead and take this one, Whitney? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this is Uber Arcade. He says, I'm spending some of Brent's money on those <clears throat> Asahi Seiko <laughs> reject <laughs> buttons as well. Thanks for the heads up. And, uh, and, and Brent, so David is somebody we need to get on the show soon because he is uh, running the, the new uh, show down in Nashville, the, mm-hmm. the Arcade and Pinball show down in Nashville at the end of this year. So, uh, David, in November, in November. Yeah. So David, if you're listening, uh, we hear you loud and clear. We definitely need to reach out to you and get you on the show. So we'll, we'll, we'll make an effort to get that done. Uh, Escalito tweeted, my dudes, thanks for including my comments in your last show. That made my day. I'm, I'm like, that's awesome, you know? So yeah, thanks for, thanks for, uh, providing some feedback, man. That's great. The only thing I had to say is 
shoot higher. <laughs> <laughs> aim, aim, aim have you, higher. Have yeah. you heard our show? Yeah. Shoot higher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, That's funny. No, we appreciate oh, it. No, th- thank you, man. That's awesome. So, so this is, this is a, a two-parter here. So, uh, so, uh, Booga Monkey Sean O'Shea says episode 44 show notes, uh, straight quote at the end of the URL for Leon Bore, Pinwiki homepage. Uh, he, he, he tweeted that last night and I was online and I corrected it and I said, uh, I said, thank you, man for uh for you know for catching that that's just something that made it past me when i did the blog post and he said uh, thanks for the info he has gottlieb system one info that i might be able to use for my charlie's angels so that's cool sean has a pinball i guess i didn't does. realize sean had a pinball yes he does yeah i guess he does so yeah so that's awesome and uh and i pulled brent due to lack of time i pulled uh something from facebook i wasn't able to get all of it this is uh this is uh listener troy gibbs and troy writes in he said he said hey guys uh, i hope saturday's treating you well just listened to the last part of the podcast and heard the shout out thanks for that uh, yes, as I stated, I'd be happy to send you and Brent some of the extra tools that I bought from Online Components. Just shoot me an address. We'll send some for both of you guys. Just to clarify those, though, these are the ones, these are the single-ended tools. I didn't get lucky and get 200 of the double-ended ones. <laughs> he said, but regardless, they'll still come in handy. Keep up the good work on the podcast. You guys both do a great job. So, Troy, thank you so much for that, man. Whitney, uh, where can we be found? Well, so that good folks like uh, Escalito and Sean and Troy, they can listen to us. They yeah. can continue to listen to us. It, it is that time of the show, isn't it, Brent? Yes, it we, is. We hate to say goodbye, but uh, my wife is texting me 1,400 times saying, when you coming home? And, uh, and I keep be- wondering when he's going to leave my and, house. And Brent wants to know when I'm leaving the house. And quite honestly, Brent, we've beat every topic this month to death. Yes. So I think it's about time to call it. What do you think? I think it is. Yeah, all right. We can be found in uh, in, in several places. Uh, first and foremost, we're uh, on Rob O'Hare's uh, excellent throwback network and that's, uh, it can be found at www.throwbacknetwork.net. We're also on iTunes. We would ask that you, uh, if you uh, visit uh, iTunes or you know find us through iTunes, we ask that you please leave a review and rate the podcast. It does help us to get noticed and increase our reach. And Brent, we have had some some iTunes reviews here as of late. I need to pull a few of them for the next show, so I, I'll do that too. So we appreciate everybody who does that. We can be found on uh, Stitcher Radio as well as uh, Xbox Music, which I guess now is uh, called Groove music and also uh the google uh the google play podcast store as well i need to add that to the notes oh sweet but we're also in uh in google's uh podcast uh, the google play store under their podcast directory as well so those those two items uh, those those two locations too and of course out in the social media world facebook at facebook.com slash broken token and as usual uh, i encourage everyone to go out there and check our facebook page because there's a lot of stuff that goes on out there that uh, doesn't necessarily make it into the show. A lot of things that we have going yep. on, we're constantly posting pictures and yeah, updates, and bet- you know, just between the between the uh, the show between the, the show the show between the show, I guess. Uh, Twitter at Broken Token, and of course the website www.brokentoken.com. Well, Brent, with that, I will say it's been a wonderful uh, a wonderful evening here in the uh, Broken Token Studios here at your house. We started at daylight, now it's pitch dark, dude. What's up with that? And man, it happens. You it know, happens every month. We get together, we just talk and we talk. And we talk and we talk and we talk. But hey, with that, we'll bid everybody a, a fond farewell. We thank you all for listening. And until next month, we'll say uh, keep your quarters clean and game on. 
Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with, but I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britton and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page, as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Litzy. And that's me. <laughs> Music for the Broken Token Podcast, graciously provided by Hacy Dixie. Head over to their website at www.hayseed-dixie.com for videos, tour dates, merchandise, and to purchase music. Hey, so dude, before we kind of get started, I want to ask you, did do you see Star Trek Beyond yet? Oh man, heck yeah, I saw Star Trek Beyond. It was sweet. That man. It was awesome. It was awesome. What about J.J. Abrams? I mean, is he not the bomb or what? I mean, I loved the first two movies of the reboot. This one easily solidifies itself mm-hmm. as as being as solid as either the first two. It just made me fall in love with Star Trek all over again. And I am one of the hugest track. I'm one of the hugest closet trackies on the face of this. You know, Earth. I think I think honestly, I mean, I grew up. I grew up in that Star Wars generation, but I think I would go Star Trek. Star Trek is way better than Star Over Wars. Star dude. Wars. Oh yeah. I mean, there's it, just so much content out there. There's so much. There's so many different storylines. You, know, you know, the good thing is nobody's listening to this, so I can be as political as I need to be. <laughs> Star Star Trek rules over Star I, Wars, I, I, dude. I do. I've, yeah. I've, I've, I like Star Trek. And yes. When, but to tie those together, I like the first two new Star Trek movies so much. I was kind of heartbroken when I knew Abrams wasn't doing the third, but yeah. he was doing The Force Awakens. Yes. And I figured, okay, I know there's going to be some wrench washing, repeat type stuff. And, you know, there's, there's surely going to be some nods to the past. Yeah. But I really like his style. Yeah. And, oh, I do too. How thorough he is. So I, he's, I, I was. He's very deliberate. Yes. And, and yes. he's very respectful at the mm-hmm. same time. And I do like that. So the the new movie. Yeah. It's, the, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. 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 But, but dude, it brings up the age old question, though. <laughs> I mean, we, you can't talk. I, we, I we, cannot, we, we cannot enter into any Star is. Trek discussion without, without talking this through. I know where this is which, going. Which yeah. captain do you think is better, Kirk or Picard? Dude, I mean, there's there's no question. It's Kirk. No, I mean, I am Kirk all the way. Now, okay, now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Look, I'm with you, but I'm not. 
okay? Because <laughs> that doesn't grew, make any sense. <laughs> so just hang tight here. Hang tight. I'll get. I'll get there. This is pretty cut and dry. Uh, yeah. No. 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 This is this is an onion that is many layers deep. <laughs> but but I do have an answer. Really. I grew up on the original series, and I love TNG, and I love both the captains. But dude, I'm Picard all the way. Seriously. Really? Yes. Picard. Picard. But but Kirk is like he is hanging in there so so close. But after looking at everything. I think I have to go. To, I think I have to go Picard. Seriously, I j- just even his storyline. It, it just tip in the new movies. It typifies Kirk. I mean, the dude will rescue you. He will put his life on the line for you. But I mean, when it comes down to it, he will stand up and he will beam himself down. He will get in the middle of it. Yeah. Well, this- he will get in the line of fire and fight. He'll win it. And at the end, he's taking the check. <laughs> well, you know, he's like 007 in space. I, I get that. But what the, the only thing I've never really understood is he has a, com- a ship's complement of 430 people, yet he uses only two of them, you know? So, <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah. Yeah, I know that it. Okay, like, yeah. Why is the captain got his nose and everything? Why, why, is, it, why is it up to the captain it, it, to do it all? He's the man. Though. He is the man. You know, he's yeah. like. Uh, we're beaming down. We're going to take the the four red shirts that are going to die. Yeah, and we're going to yeah. take me and a couple other people, and this is going to work. And this is going to work. But that's that's the character that is Kirk. Yeah, it's true. But you know, son, you gotta you gotta hand it to Picard because man, dude, Picard did escape the. Bo- I mean, he did, he defeated and escaped the Borg. Really, it, the Borg. So what? <laughs> I can't well, believe. I, what I, else I can't did believe. He do? No, 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 no. no really, do, dude, do not guy, deme- do not demean his accomplishments. Picard, this is the same guy that sits around. Oh, oh you're, you're in not a, in a bathrobe. You no, know, you playing a no. flute in a Jeffrey's tube. You had to admit. No, you mentioned a Jeffrey's tube, dude. <laughs> Seriously, a, he he found the perfect place in the Enterprise where that <laughs> flute sounded great, and he sit there and played it. <laughs> Okay. And then, uh, uh, do you what was the Do you remember the Tanagra episode thing where he was beamed down on like this yeah, camping trip with some I, I, alien I, I, and they talked in poetry? Yeah, yeah I'm you, that was not the fine. That was not TNG's finest hour. You know, you I know, will admit. Yes. I mean, really, <laughs> Picard? I, you, what did Kirk do in a situation like that? He built a freaking cannon out of a piece of bamboo and some stuff he found on the surface, and he made his way. Out. But you did see the episode where Kirk just, he was down on a planet much like Earth, and he talked all gangster style in the car. Every time he got in a car, what did he do? <laughs> he drove it in reverse, you know? I mean, there, there's the yin he, and the yang he, to all this. He made the best of what he was, he was in it. He made the best of his surroundings. Oh, okay. All right. Well, here's one thing I will say. Now, now Picard has got a lot going for him because he is the ultimate smooth operator when it comes to mediation. Okay, you got to hand it to him. Mediation. He, medi- I mean, he, just, he, Kirk he mediates his own way. He, he does. I mean, did, he does. Do you remember the episode? He got in a, in one of the episodes. He gets in a knife fight, a knife fight with his best friend on his best friend's home planet. Yeah, and they all managed to walk out of it alive. That's true. That, that's true. Uh, so, but Spock wasn't really in his proper mind when that was going on. Still, you know? though, that's mediation. I mean, that's like fair enough. That's more of your... But but if you think about it, Picard. Okay, so Picard meets. Okay, he's he survived, and he, and I would even go so far as to say he befriends the most powerful life force in in the known galaxy, Q. And I, you, oh, know, what, dude, you know what? I'll even was, say I'll even say that Q actually loves uh, Picard. Uh, you know what? There. <laughs> 
I don't even get this. I'm, I'm gonna feel like I'm I don't pushing. know you. No, no. He really lo- he loves Picard. Q. Yeah. Q. That character was like the silliest thing <laughs> of all. Let's just have the most dude. powerful being, and then Picard. Really, dude. Don't 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 insult. Don't just if you're gonna go this far, you're gonna insult it's like Star these, Trek. It's you're like these last me. few shows. It's like I don't even freaking know you anymore. I, I, this it's, is all you haven't palm. seen all these where's, movies. Where's my Picard facepalm at? I, I'm I need done. This is it. I'm, uh, the, the 45 was done. I'm it. Bye. You realize I'm still in your house and I don't have to leave. Now, you know the great thing about this? You're still going to come back. Posture all you want. You're still going to come back. Whoa, whoa. Oh, hey, I think I hear something. Is that the sound of Brent returning? I think that's the sound of Brent returning. What is it? I so hate you. In the end, I still win. <laughs>